Welcome. Short story long, episode 19. We're cruising right along. 19 episodes, 19 weeks in. This is incredible. I can't I, I can't thank everyone enough who's subscribing to this thing, who's listening every single week, who's engaging, who's giving me their feedback. Uh, it's just incredible. It's the reason I started it. It's what I hoped would happen, and it's happening. So uh, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep trying to find different cool perspectives and cool stories about people who accomplished incredible things and how they did it. Break it down step by step, how you went about it, how did it go. I'm having a great time doing it and I can tell that people are really getting some good information from this thing and and that is so important to me and makes me so happy. So thank you guys for all that. Thank you guys for all the positive feedback on iTunes. It's been incredible. Like I said, uh, the way the iTunes system works, you get higher on the charts and better placement and therefore more listeners and, and more viewers with the more positive feedback you have. So I can't thank you guys enough for that. That really helps me out. That being said, I'm going to read a few. Uh, Brad in Sherwood said he's getting better. Five stars. Have listened to all the podcasts. Interviews are getting better. Drama is getting better and the information is great. Keep up the great work. Uh, Brad, can't thank you enough for that one. That means a lot. I, you know, when I first started this podcast thing, it was, it was awkward. It's not my normal dynamic. It's not, you know, even though I love having these conversations with people and I love just sitting down talking to inspired, driven people who have done great things. It's a little different when you sit down at a desk across from each other and you have a microphone in front of you. You know that a lot of people are going to be listening and you have to make sure that you tell the story right. And most of these stories, I don't, you know, a lot of these people are friends of mine, but I don't really go research all the details of their story because I want it to come out. I want to sit as if I'm just sitting having lunch with them and asking them for my own, out of my own curiosity and really trying to figure it all out so that that way you guys can be along with me on that journey. I don't want these things to feel like an interview. I want it to feel more like a conversation. So for you to notice that it's getting better, I really appreciate it. I can guarantee you that I'm working really hard on it. I'm just trying to figure out how to make it flow better. And I can tell that it's getting easier and that, it, you know, I'm getting better at getting the right information out of people, but letting them tell their stories uh, with all the detail that they need. And we're getting there. So we're still working. We're going to, you know, we're working on video right now. We're going to put some video up on YouTube of some of the interviews moving forward and just constantly, you know, working to try to make this thing what it really should be. So thank you for that good feedback. Angelo Montiel says, great podcast. I listen to it so much, IT blocked it at work. No biggie. I still listen to it on my phone and at home. I'm a creative trying to start my own clothing empire and design agency. So this gives me great insights and inspiration. Keep it up. You should interview Mark Echo or Don C. Angelo, thank you. You got to be careful. Be very careful for the IT department. Be careful of the current boss. One thing you don't want to do is get caught listening to podcasts too much or being on World Star Hip Hop too much that you get fired from your current job because that will put a roadblock in front of your current dreams. So it's all about balance. Make sure you keep that inspiration going while you're doing what you have to do to pay those bills. But I appreciate it. Uh, keep listening every week. I can guarantee I'll give you something good. And when it comes to uh, Mark Echo and Don C, they'd both be great. And I'm sure that I'll get to one or both of them. Um, I plan on doing this, like I said, every single week. And I don't really plan on stopping or, or taking a break so there'll be plenty of room for for anyone who has a good story to tell to come on and and talk about it uh 
A. Wadding says, inspiring. Rob is my idol, and it felt as if we were almost on the same level during this podcast. To have people open up and share stories like this makes you realize how down-to-earth these people really are outside of their Hollywood lifestyle. I have been a major fan since the Robin Big days. Can we hear a Christopher Big Black Boykin one next? Um, that's actually great, great, great feedback because that was one of the goals. You know, I was talking to, to a couple of my friends before I started this thing, and the real benefit and what I love the most is just having these conversations and so the real benefit where I can benefit you guys and myself is to just keep it at that to not try to make too many little categories or here's a fun little game we can play or any of that stuff it's really just to sit and talk like I would anyways and the cool thing is it gives you guys an interesting perspective that you won't hear from a shitty interview you know where people are being political or where they're um you know, being careful of what they're saying, or maybe the interviewer doesn't really know them very well, and it's kind of weird. You don't get the answers you really want. But also, it's selfish. It allows me to sit down and have the conversations that I enjoy having so much anyway. So I'm really seeing that when I'm leaving, and and I talk about a couple of these things in in this interview today, but uh, when I'm leaving these interviews and when I'm driving home, I feel juiced up. I feel inspired. I feel motivated because even me, anyone, it's just sitting and talking about these stories and talking about the failures and the successes and how it all came together, it's inspiring every single time. There hasn't really been one when I'm like, well, that was a dud and I feel like taking a nap. I mean, every time it's just good to hear. So I talk about that in this interview and even a lot of the guests have left and been like, man, that's crazy. It's almost like a therapy session. It's like, it's good to sit and go through the story. And I would encourage everyone out there maybe having tough times or trying to figure it out to just sit and and also be thankful for how far you've came or for, you know, the idea that you've put together or the job that you've been able to keep while you're doing it. Or it's just good to take a moment and sit back and say, well, I am doing good. I am on the right path and this is moving. And that's what these interviews have kind of done, not only for myself, but for a lot of these guests. Uh, Also, the big thing is that I, when I moved to LA and I remember there was a time and, and because I was on TV and because I, then I started this clothing line, I was given a lot of access and I could sit and have a conversation with almost anyone. And there was really a kind of a turning point where I just started to realize that every single person is just a person like you or I, and they're, they're just, they're just people. There's nothing, there's no superpowers growing up in Ohio. It's like, you're almost taught to think that these people are superheroes or you will never be one of them. And I can guarantee you that that is not the case. And a lot of these people started in small towns or started with a lot of a lot of struggle ahead of them and, and they overcame it. And the only difference is they're people that put together a solid plan, believed in themselves, didn't believe that they were below everyone and went and executed that plan and saw it through. And I think a lot of people get defeated before they even start because they're convinced that they're not good enough from the beginning. So that's awesome. That's the goal. I want everyone, I don't want anyone on this podcast that you sit and listen to and feel like, well, man, that was just like a, you know, a regular interview or I can't really connect with them. I should be able, if I'm doing my job right, anyone who comes on here, you should be able to relate to and I should be able to bring them to a, you know, a human conversational level that, that everyone gets. So I'm glad that that's working, uh, at least for some of you. 
That's it for the feedback. Please keep that coming. Like I said, it helps my standing on the charts. It helps me get more viewers. It helps everything with iTunes. And I'm really just trying to kind of do this thing the real way and the organic way. I don't want to go, you know, try to get a bunch of sponsors and try to pay money to do. I don't I just want to put it out the right way. Let people catch on the right way. Let it grow the right way and hopefully be you know, one of the biggest, at least business podcasts or, or biggest podcasts that there are. So that's, that's the goal here. Um, that being said, since I don't do ads on the show, don't forget, I do a promo code for the listeners only uh, on youngandreckless.com. The promo code is SSL. So if you go on there, it's 40% off your first order. Go check it out. Go check out youngandreckless.com. Look at all the new product we've been making. We've been working really hard on not only just making good, good product, but but also cost conscious and and just being affordable for everyone. That's always been the goal with Young and Reckless, and it's the goal still to this day. So go check it out, youngandreckless.com, promo code SSL gets you 40% off. Um, that's it. This week is a little different. This week, I'm the one kind of being interviewed. Um, what happened here was there was a combination of a, a decent amount of people writing me asking to hear more about my story. One thing about me is I don't really like to sit and tell my story. I don't like to do interviews. I just don't like to talk about myself that much. But, you know, I do see some value in it and I do see some lessons in my story 100%. And, and, so I wanted to go ahead and do that. And that's kind of what I tried to do on the first episode with my friend Rod. But it really, you know, we got a lot of good information out, but it also went into philosophies and, and our you know, entrepreneurs born or made and, you know, some other stuff. So what happened was I went and did an interview with my good friend Anoush, who's starting a podcast called Mama We Made It, which actually dropped yesterday. So he started this podcast and he wanted to interview me. So I went and I did this interview, and I've known Anoush for years, and he's a great guy, great at this podcast stuff. And I listened to the interview, and I'm like, man, there really is some good information here. So what I decided to do was not only give the episode of my interview, um, but to also help promote their podcast, because these are great guys starting a great podcast with a very similar sort of uh, idea to mine except for they get a little bit more into like personal feelings and you know what did your mom think or what was the big moment with your family or how did you really feel or when were you at rock bottom you know they really get into that really well a lot better than I do so not only did I want to help promote their podcast my interview on their podcast but also I wanted to go ahead and give my story one time on this podcast I promise this won't be a reoccurring thing and um and let you guys have it. So I went back last week, I sat down with Anoush and them again, and I did a whole nother interview separate from the one that's on there. So here it is, here's my whole story. They did an incredible job. It's almost three hours uh, of getting into every little detail of my story. I had a great time doing it. Um, and that's it, check it out, and then go check out their podcast. It's called Mama We Made It, just search it. Uh, they have a couple up already, but they just dropped yesterday. So subscribe to that. I think you'll get a lot out of that as well. Here we go. Short story long, episode 19, me. All right, here we are, short story long. And this week, 
we have a very special episode. Mm. Um, a lot of people were writing in the feedback and in my comments asking for my story because I do a lot of uh, interviewing everyone and asking them their story. So even though I'm a little uh, shy on and a little reluctant to post my own interviews because I think that's a little vain, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And it just so happens that my good friends... Uh, started a brand new podcast which launched yesterday called Mama We Made It mm. where they um, interview people also very similar except for they really do a good job at getting into the emotions behind it and the personal experiences and the real struggles that went into making their journey a reality, making their dreams a reality. So I figured what better way than to sit down with the Mama We Made It guys and let them interview me, Mama, we made it, guys. Welcome to Short Story Long. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to go ahead and just, just give this thing over. This podcast is now so yours. So this is a takeover. This is a podcast takeover, pod, podcast hijacking. Has this happened Ooh. before? I don't know. Are we innovators here? We could be innovating. I like because that. Because what I'm going to do right now is I'm giving it, it's yours. So as of now... You guys are in the driver's well, seat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for having us, Drama. Thank you for allowing us to do this. Yes, sir. This is definitely going to be a Mama, We Made It takeover. Mama, we, we made it! <laughs> Short story long, Mama, We Made It. Let's get right into Man, this. Your guys' Drama. intro is powerful. Let me just say. Thank you. I need one of those. Let's go. The problem is it's me by myself. Well, you know what it is? How about, like, hey, how about welcome we sit to... down and like we, you vibe out? How awkward would that be? You sit down, you vibe out, and we're like, all right, maybe a little bit this way. But the weird thing is when I'm sitting in my office by myself, which is where I record most yeah. of these things, yeah. it's just weird to like come in, sit down. Hey, man, good to see you. Drama! <laughs> short story <laughs> long! Short story long, like it's just like, I feel like ah, it'd be like shit. a Bill Barker, uh, uh, Bob Barker, Price is Right. Yeah. yeah. Or like the dude who does the UFC intros. Oh my God. I hate that guy. Yeah. So I just usually say like, yo, welcome. But you guys have an energy that I, I got. You could do that. like a yeah. pre-recorded song or something that you drop yeah. before. I have a beat. Yeah, I, I like his vibe though. I yeah, like your vibe. Just get right hey, into man, it, man. We're just I from like each other. Vibe. We're learning. Yeah. I like your vibe and we're going to keep it at that. The neon pink, it's thuggish. Yeah. Thuggish. Christopher Paff. Anoush. How are you? I'm happy, man. I love that. I'm happy you got once again, I said this in your podcast and 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 kids, I also have an interview that went live on theirs yesterday, so make mm. sure you go check that out. The other one is Nolan. The other one is Nolan Smith. Nolan. Super duper Nolan. Super duper Kyle's manager. Yep. Super, Super duper, duper Kyle's, Kyle's manager. manager so yep. check that out. Um whatever. The vibe here is great. The vibe here this apartment Noted, is great. Notice how I said Christopher Paff. Yeah. Right. I'm an adult. I left drama out. No. I mean, <laughs> this is a part of the story. But I want to know who young Christopher Pfaff was yeah. in Akron, Ohio. What was it like growing up in Ohio as a kid? Take us there. It was uh, slow. It was slow, but you didn't know it was slow. Okay. So meaning like you had, you know, Akron, Ohio is a really small town, especially I live outside of actually the city of Akron in a place called Coventry. Um, but a lot of like. I can tell why you say Akron. Yeah. I mean, you got to yeah, just I'm, get I'm as close as you can. I'm in the Coventry. It's one of those things. You wonder what it is. It's one of those things where like the, the billing address, the billing uh, city is Akron. Yeah. But like you're out in Coventry, I, right? I get it. So Wait, it's Akron. So there's a Coventry like near Cleveland, right? Like an area called Coventry. I think that's probably my Coventry, but it's 45 minutes away. I don't know if there's another Coventry. Uh, I think there's a street. I think it's called Coventry. That could be. Yeah. Where it's like, there's like five bars. It's actually pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. In Cleveland, Ohio. Dope. Um, 
So it's slow, man. It's slow, but you don't know it's slow. You wake up or you 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 grow up there. That's all you know. There's a lot of BMX bikes. Um, I chose skateboarding at probably like 10 years old or something like that so that's what took up most of my time but there's a lot of fishing and throwing snowballs at cars and shooting water balloons out of slingshots at boats and like you know just small town like random shit like adventurous small town life adventurous yeah what made you pick up the skateboard i think it was because of rob my cousin rob uh who was a pro skateboarder there who is but the the problem was growing up we didn't know him we just knew that he was we had this cousin who was a pro skateboarder yeah who lived in california and it was just cool and i think one time he gave us skateboards for christmas or i don't know something happened where we we started skateboarding but it was definitely because of of him oh that's interesting because we thought it was cool because that's because since you didn't know him but for him to have that influence on you at such a, a young age yeah it's like, oh, that's, we know that's cool. It's out in California. It's almost like you started it with the the, the fantasy of it. 100%. That's because interesting. I remember getting, uh, you know, my first skateboard was like from Walmart or whatever, like every kid. And, and, I, and I just think that it was probably trying to copy what he was doing. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, it turned into actually being like my real, real, real passion. So that's oh. what I did 99% of the time. So what, who, hmm. I want to see how I want to ask this. Go ahead. What, what were you like as a kid? Like, were you just a skater or were you like entrepreneurial? Did Here, you, were, were you that one that like had little side businesses yeah. and all these little things? Yeah. Here's, what, here, here's how I was, as best I can describe myself. I, all I wanted to do was skateboard. I hated sports. Mm. Uh, I was well behaved in the sense of like, no problems with like police or didn't really get like suspended or anything like that from school. Relatively I wonder obedient. what it'd be like to get pulled over by a Coventry cop. You know what I mean? <laughs> Man, That'd be wild. That'd be yeah. wild. Christopher, what are you doing out here? For real, like, I'm gonna call <laughs> your mom again. You want me to call Terry? <laughs> uh, but no, I um, I was relatively well behaved. I uh, decent grades, uh, C's, B's, couple A's. Um, but my brother, I had younger brother syndrome. Okay. Uh, my brother was always uh, got really good grades. Started college early. Started high school early. Mm. Uh, did all the school sports. Was better at me, better than me at skateboarding. Okay. Uh, How much older ev- was he? Four years. Got it. Did everything my parents asked. Like was just perfect child. Yeah. And so I was like, "Fuck this! <laughs> Fuck the rules! Like I don't want to." Blah blah blah. Whatever. So you actually so, rebelled against it. I rebelled against really? it. Were and you I, like rebel competing at the same time? So it was rebellion. Yeah, hundred percent. Or trying yes. to create your own like identity. Yeah. So like that. for instance, my parents like wanted us to wear helmets skateboarding, and that's just like <laughs> so <laughs> whack. Right? It's did, so whack. Did your brother and do it? My brother did it. Oh, and my brother's God. better than me. He's clean. He did it. And I was like, I'm not wearing this. Damn like I'm gonna wear it out the door and. And when I get down the street, I'm taking it off. Like I was that one, right? Got it. And um, so whatever. But it created this insane, like, competitive spirit in me okay. because he was always better. So I was, I always had to be way better to get any attention from friends or whatever. Yeah. Um, as far as entrepreneurial, I was always like trying to get a hustle going, like okay. trying to like, uh, you know, I'd get a BMX bike and I'd try to pull the pieces off and blah, 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 and hustle some kids to try to get a new set of pedals or, a new, you know, I was always trying to organize uh, garage sa- yard sales. It's real big in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, you know, collecting my parents shit. Mom, <laughs> do you want this? Dad, do you want this? You want this? And like, I remember having the big day. I go put out the signs, have the yard sale, sell all the shit, count my cash. Like I, I was that kid. Word. Yeah. That's dope. What's funny is I went home. Here's what's funny. It's kind of corny and embarrassing, but also funny. I went home just like uh, two weeks ago, 
And my room is obviously still there, but it's not decorated like it was. Okay. Not, my mom's not that weird. They didn't keep, they didn't keep an antique. <laughs> that like. weird mom. That's like, <laughs> it's like you never left. The, the Pamela like, Anderson posters. Yeah, like, mom, stop it. So, But sure enough, she's like, oh, there's some of your stuff in the closet just in case you wanted it. Got it. So I go in and there's like a BB gun. And I'm like, mom, what the fuck? You were like, oh, thank God, mom, you saved this BB gun. Uh, but there was a whiteboard that I used to have on my wall that said, 90% grind, 10% sleep. Oh, you're so And then it said, tight. the world is yours. Young Jeezy quote. The world <laughs> is yours and everything in it. It's out there. Get on your grind and get it. I right? love so, it. So corny as it. fuck. And I'm already it. embarrassed yeah. that I just said. But it was like I was the young like, yeah, yeah. let's get so it. So you, you woke up to that every day. Yeah. Mm. Let's get it. I yeah. wish I would have brought it. Uh, Damn it. I, I should have brought it and put it in my room. That's lit. Yeah. So I, I did look at it and yes, it's corny, it's whatever. It's like yeah. but I did look at it and be like, Damn, that's kinda trippy. That's really dope. You know, like had my younger self seen me now. Yeah. With my Rolls Royce and uh, my house in the uh, hills. Shit, balling. You would have been like, see, ninety percent grind, ten percent sleep. You dig Even sleep is for the sleep. week, bro. Uh, what was it as a kid though, like what motivated you to do that? Like cause was it I just I want to make money or I just want to hustle for something. Like, yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't know. And it's a question I ask a lot on my podcast, too. And I think because maybe I'm trying to find the answer through somebody else. Mm-hmm. The best I can tell you is this. I absolutely thrive and survive on progress. On doing something meaningful. It's not necessarily money. Money to me now is more like the score, the tokens. Okay. But it's like you're creating something. You made some progress. When you go to bed at night, like you did something. And whether it's creating a cool idea that could affect the country or the world or a couple people, like my podcast yeah. or, or a clothing line or whatever it is. But there is no like, I want to heal the world or I yeah. want to, I don't know. It's but just, I you, have to go. How do you build that like barometer of progress, right? Because like when we're young, yeah. progress is, is just being able to take steps forward. Yeah. But like as we get older, like what did your definition of progress yep. develop into. So here's kind of the thing, right? Is like uh, like how they say if you play sports or you do things and you do it with the best, you, you get better quicker. Yeah. Because your perception of what is actually good changes dramatically. Got it. So you're right. My, my, my idea of what was a good day in Akron, Ohio was fucking who knows? Nothing. I mean, I don't fucking know. Nothing, yeah. right? Now I'm almost fucked because... I moved to LA. We did TV shows. I've started a clothing line. I've done a lot of shit. Yeah. And so my barometer for what progress is is pretty high. Got and it. I find myself having to calm myself down a little bit now and be like, "Yo, man, you're you're fine." Mm. But is you know it, what I mean? Is it high or is it just like relative to where you are right now? Well, it's relative to where I am, but it's also high. It's like here's the thing: when you come, and I know we'll get into this, but when you come to LA and you, you know, I was fortunate enough to be involved in a TV show, right? You put the TV show on the air on MTV, you have millions of viewers and almost instantly people are recognizing you. And like, that's a pretty insane amount of progress that happens in like a month. Yeah. Not the whole filming, but the going live. To give you an example, I just started this podcast. I put it up, go live. It's sub 10,000 views, my first one. 
And right. I'm like, what the fuck? Where's yeah. the two million people? Yeah. Where, and then you have to find it, yourself being like, go oh, calm the fuck down. I mean, That's 10, not, is a lot though too. I mean, but it's again, but it's, again, it's high. Yeah, it's how you're measuring that. If a yeah. kid starting a podcast in Indiana had 10,000, he'd be like, oh, well, I'm famous. Yeah. I'm fucking out of here. Mama. Yeah, yeah. yeah. mama. <laughs> I just made it. Made it. So, but that's where, like, I do find myself having to be like, yo, calm down. Sure. Like, this is a process. Don't get too, you know, don't, don't let your thirst for progress be Got it. unhealthy. Got it. You know, so. I want, I want to take you back though. Cause we, I, I want to take you back because we're jumping to, to, from back there to where you are now. Yep. You've always struck me as a guy that when opportunities presented themselves, yep. you've made the right decision. Yeah. Right. Whether you knew it or not. Yeah. The right decision was made. And I want to get into like that decision. So let's let's really start it off to where you came to L.A. Yep. Right. And from my knowledge is you coming to L.A. was always on your mind. Yep. But where you ended up in L.A., couldn't have been further from where you dreamed of in your wildest dreams. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So take us through that. Like, mm-hmm. take us through that chance happening. Like, you wanted to go to L.A., you got it. Yep. But what you got in L.A. was something that you could have never expected. Yeah. And it'll come into cool play because you, like, this is one thing that, that I love about, like, society and, 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 and just, like, this media age yep. is that, just your association to Rob Durdeck. Yeah. Everybody thinks and wants to spew out and like wants to attribute everything that you do for the shot that you got that Rob gave oh, you. Oh, of course. Right? Yeah. Unbeknownst to them, you didn't know who to like you didn't know who cousin Rob was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw him skate on videos, he didn't come over during Thanksgiving, yeah. eat turkey with the family, yeah. chop it up with the parentals. Yeah. Talk to Big Cat for longer than he talked to you, but yeah. you were always nagging. It wasn't like cousin Rob's here, no, right? Correct. So a couple times on Christmas, I could think he it. was a good cousin. I don't want to make him sound. Like I could think it. Okay, <laughs> so you weren't you weren't the asshole that Big Cat was. Yeah. It's fine. We'll let you slide. <laughs> <laughs> so take us there. So you're so you're graduating first, high school. Yeah, you're wanting to go to LA. Describe describe that for us. Like describe what what the want was, what your motive for going to LA yeah. was, and like. Okay, so I'll get into there. my short story long, and you can go ahead and like stop me or. Uh, oh, trust me, baby. You know what I'm saying. Trust me, it's so, going down. So I, this is what I knew. I knew that about from the age of thirteen on, that I wanted to move to LA okay. as soon as I possibly could. Got I it. think we took a trip here because it's the skateboard capital of the world. Okay, and all we cared about was skateboarding, mm-hmm. and so. We took a trip here, and it was just heaven. Okay. Uh, I mean, you have to understand, when you're growing up skateboarding, skate spots, which means like places where people skateboard a lot, yeah. pros yeah. in videos and photos, become famous. So we would go literally drive by, like find the directions and drive by like Hollywood High School mm. and just look at it. Because there's a set of stairs out front. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we would just look at it and be like, damn, I can't believe (laughs) so-and-so kick-flipped that or blah, blah, blah. Eric Costin busted a fucking... Yeah, like, what the fuck? So that's how famous, like, L.A. was to me. There will never be another city in my lifetime that is as famous as L.A. was to me growing up. Mm. So, came here for vacation, obviously was in love, knew I was moving here the moment I could get out of town, whatever, right? Probably at, like, 13. 
So I go, I go, I go. Uh, when my brother turns 18, he is so good at skateboarding. We had had some contact with Rob at that point. We had skated with him a couple of times on vacation. He came home and skated with us. He saw how good my brother had gotten. So when my brother was 18, he said, yo, why don't you come to LA? And you were 14 here. I was 14. Okay. Why don't you come to LA, live with me for the summer. I'm filming uh, a, a skate video and you can, you know, be in it. Or, or I think you can really make something here. Right. I was crushed you had to be so jealous devastated though. right I like you. i was like oh my god did, did, like were, this... were, were thug tears shed like was it just like for what's sure. going on I, for sure was it like out of jealousy or just like it was just uh, when like, you're okay that's what little brother syndrome is right is like when you're growing up and a, and, a, and another person it's because he was four years older and yeah. he's a great he, he guy got, he's getting what you want yeah and you just yeah. watch and we just happen to both love skateboarding both whatever whatever he was taking this fucking helmet to LA bro <laughs> yeah he was and I was like I'm not wearing mine when you're going <laughs> wearing it again so I was like you just see somebody constantly doing better now at the time of course if I had a kid who was that age I'd be like yeah. calm the fuck down you're four years younger yeah. anyway so you get this like I will destroy everything yeah. to win right so Thank God for it, even though it's giving me a lot of miserable days. Um, so he he moved here. I'm crushed because uh, I'm convinced that not only is he a better skateboarder than I am, and he's going to go pro. Yeah, he's going to live the dream. Yeah. <laughs> but by the time I turn 18 and possibly have a similar opportunity, Rob is going to be married. Yeah. Life's over. When, yeah. you're, when you're 14, four years is like <laughs> forever. 20, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like this motherfucker will have grandkids by yeah. the time I'm. It's so weird how that works. Yeah. yeah. So so. I'm crushed, whatever. So anyway, he does that, comes home, comes back, whatever. So I go. Finally, it's my turn, right? Uh, my turn to, to be 18. Graduating high school, I know that the moment I get out of that high school, I'm preparing, There's I'm going to LA. There's nothing stopping you. Nothing stopping me. No. I have photos of me wearing like an Indiana Pacers basketball jersey under my graduation uniform. And the moment I walked across that stage, I ripped it off. No, there's no significance to the Indiana Pacers yeah. jersey. But I ripped it off. And I'm, I have photos of me taking photos with teachers with a basketball jersey on and my graduation hat. Like, I'm fucking out of here. Like, <laughs> that, like, that was fun, but like, peace. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, so we were. Uh, I was ready to go. We were going... Rob was opening a new skate park in Dayton, Ohio, that weekend. So let's say I graduated on a Friday. It was that weekend. Mm -hmm. I graduated, walked across the stage, drove instantly in my basketball jersey over to my homie's house, my best friends. We packed up the car and drove uh, into the night to get there in the morning for the big skate park opening that Rob was doing. How far was Dayton away from where you were? Four hours. Maybe three. So we go... Once again, long story short, we go down, skate, great weekend. This is awesome. It's beginning of my future life. Can't wait to go to L.A. Did you hit Rob like, yo, cousin Rob, I'm coming through? Or you like, no, you we know, didn't know him I'm, like that. I'm going to fucking bomb on you. You're my so cousin, you, so I'm going to You're gonna going to the skate park. Cool. You didn't really know him so like that. So he knew. It was one of those things where like, I think probably what happened was my mom probably told his mom and yeah, his I'm, mom I'm, I'm probably Grace told got him. The text that, like, yeah, Christopher's like, you know I mean? coming, yeah. honey. Auntie Patty was like, hey, just so you know, Robert, Lil <laughs> <laughs> Christopher and Scott are going to be out there and they're going to make their boards. Just show them a good time. Yeah, it was Please. one of those. You know, it yeah. wasn't like, yo, Rob, we're coming through. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> So, Mama, tell Rob. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He so the, I uh, the Nokia, like just straight snake phone. It was like, yo, bro, we coming through. Yeah. I'll see you in the morning. We're leaving right now. Yeah, not that. Okay. The opposite of that. So we go drive down, whatever. Great weekend. Getting to the point. Last day. Literally, this is like a, like I made it up. Last day. 
uh, we're packing up. We're ready to go home. There's a set of stairs. For anyone with skateboard reference, it was seven stairs. Oh, you did a seven, huh? Seven stair on the way out to the parking lot. That's seven stairs is scary as shit. It's scary, bro. but I'll say at that point, my skill level, like seven was scary, but like not a big okay. deal, right? Okay. Um, One for me is fucking shit. I'll shit myself. 100%, right? So I just know I'll crack my head. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I'd say like if you got me to like 10 or 12, I'd be like, ah, we're, this is some real shit. <laughs> Word, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But seven, I was like, no biggie. Word. So we're going literally, me and my friends, like all in a line going to go. We're going to just go, hop down the little seven stairs, go to the car. We're done. Yeah. Great weekend. I go, I'm in the middle of the pack. When I go to go off the stairs, I, I miss my pop. I pop wrong. I try to kick the board out from under me like people do and land on their feet. Yeah. But I missed the kick. And so I landed back on the board even though I wasn't expecting to. And oh, I slipped out, smashed my head into the ground, oh and God. was in a coma for four days. No Shut way. the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. What? Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. No what? Yeah. Yeah. Woke up four days later, not remembering... I remember eating breakfast still. Like right at, right after your graduation. Graduation, drive down, mama, we made it. Good weekend with Big Rob. Hit the seven stair, uh, be uh, out. Uh, seven See, stair on the way out, and then we're going to listen to some young Jesus. Oh and then just bam. Head crack coma. See, out I, of here, I, coma, I, four days later. It's like, I, I almost want to ask like what it's like being in a coma, but that's just, I don't know. No, no, no. That's a little Ask whatever you want. I do not it's, remember a goddamn thing. All that I remember is. It's just like being asleep, like, or. Holy shit. Yeah, I'll tell you. So I, so I ended up fracturing my skull. Uh, I had a blood what? clot from this fracture, and then I got a concussion, and my bl- my brain was bleeding. They almost oh had to do that surgery where they cut your skull open to let oh, your brain wow. air out. Yeah. So thank God, on the last CAT scan, the swelling had stopped. Right. Oh my so and then concussion on the back where I hit, and then on the front from the bounce back. Right? Holy so this shit, like, fuck. So, so, uh, this is unreal. Yeah. So wow. then, this is what I'll tell you. All I remember is waking up in the hospital. There wasn't a moment that you would expect of like, where the fuck am I? What happened? <laughs> yeah. It's like I kind of, I didn't know where I was at. It wasn't like, oh, I, I heard you talking to me the whole time. Like, it wasn't that. It wasn't Grey's Anatomy. Like, you know what I mean? I heard you say I love you. Uh, <laughs> but... But, uh, but I knew she, you're so insane. But I wasn't freaking out. Like I, you know, I was like, okay, what the fuck happened? And then I remember going to, obviously the first thing I had to do was go to the bathroom, went to the bathroom and like your facial hair is a little longer and your nails are a little longer because it's four days that didn't happen. Yeah. And that was the part when I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was in a time warp. Right. So. Wow. That's the only weird part. I don't remember any weird voices, any weird anything. I don't remember a goddamn thing. I remember eating a fucking Cinnabon for breakfast, oh. and I remember waking up in the hospital four days later. That's wow! Terrifying. How long were you in the hospital like after that? Uh, four. It was the four days, and then I think when they took when I, when I got out of the coma and all that, I think maybe like two more days, okay, or, or something. But uh, and then I remember I went home, and, and actually we went. First thing we did was we went and stopped at Rob's parents' house, and my parents, of course, were taking care of me. Great parents, so like you can have whatever you want, whatever food you want. Uh, and so I wanted Papa John's. Respect. Don't he, judge he had me. you locked in Don't like you that. Judge me. He, he had, had you locked in. Garlic yeah. sauce. Papa, yeah, me? Papa John got you early. What? It worked. So it worked. Uh, I see. So yeah. I want Papa John's. I get it. I Papa John it. was still on three-way calls with Peyton Manning at that point. <laughs> like, and he already had drama. You know what I mean? Before I thought. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So I can't taste it. I had oh, no taste. Wow. I don't know what the fuck happens. I'd have to go see a neurologist now that I know, you know, whatever. Couldn't taste it. And I was devastated. Like, what the fuck? You were pouring garlic sauce in your mouth. Like, like, are you shitting me? Papa John can't even save me. So, uh, can't taste it. 
you know, you're still a little woozy. Whatever. What was that like? Was saying, I'll tell you the real thing. Out, were you just like, holy fuck, I know I can't taste so it? So let me tell you the real thing. Yes, holy fuck, I can't taste it. Shit's all just a little bit weird. I go home. I'm still woozy, whatever. Go home. I can't sleep on my left side for like a month or two because I feel like I'm going to puke every time I do. Wow. Right? Because that's the side I hit. The biggest thing is I go home. I was a computer guy. You know, I was editing and doing stuff like that. And I went on my computer and I remember I clicked the Safari button and I didn't know how to use the internet. Oh, wow. Like, I didn't know what it, I didn't understand how to navigate it. And you on top of that, I'm sure, to. I'm sure that's even like hard to articulate. It really is. And on top of that, if you handed me a, uh, this piece of paper in front of you, I couldn't have read it. And I oh, was like, wow. what the fuck? You had to be tripping. So it's out. like you have the awareness to be like, I'm here. Yeah. I'm all right. Like, I, that shit happened. That's crazy. I know what happened. But, Things just aren't connecting. Like you, you can you even know to go to your computer. You know to click on Safari, but you don't know how to navigate the internet. That's so weird. Or read or taste food. Were you like vocalizing this like to your friends, parents, like like get me to a doctor? I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't think to that level. I think that I was just like, man, I'm fucked up. Like I think I was even to my parents. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm fucked. Like I just feel like shit. And yeah. They knew it, you know. But I don't think that I was like freaking out. It's just I think it's all. I don't know. In my mind, it was all part of the experience right i'm just like i don't know i'm fucked up yeah um what was the like recovery time like what so here's the biggest thing right and then you know i know i took once again that's why i call uh, my podcast short story long because i have a habit of rambling but so i go okay so i'm all right blah 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 get better whatever feel better learn yeah. how to read again fucking whatever uh so i start you obviously have to go to the doctor now once a month or whatever for checkups the biggest problem was i had developed a blood clot in my brain from the skull fracture mm -hmm. that didn't go away so i had to go what like every month fuck, for uh, bro for for cat scans okay cat scans are terrifying by the way because i already have anxiety yeah like you're trapped in this little thing uh so I go every month for CAT scans. This thing wouldn't go away. So now I'm devastated because now I just smash my head against the concrete and they're telling me if that happens again, I'm going to have Muhammad Ali syndrome and I'm oh. going to all this stuff. And so skateboarding's getting a little sketchy. Yeah, dicey know? for sure. I'm just generally kind of anxious about the whole thing. But then I can't leave to go to LA like I had always planned because I have this damn blood clot in my brain and I can't go away from my doctors and all that stuff. So literally... I go and it was. So you came just, out the coma and we're still like, bro, I need to get to LA. 100%. Wait, this is going to fuck really? my LA. I woke up in the hospital up. like, this isn't LA. <laughs> so, what just happened? I thought this was. I thought I woke up is in this LA. Is this Cedar Sinai? Someone give me my Pacers jersey. Yeah, where's my Pacers jersey? So, uh, no, yeah, so I, I still, that's all I wanted to do. And then as I got better and better, obviously, okay. that's all I wanted to do. That was the plan. Um, so I. Whatever. I kept going to the doctor. This blood clot would not go away. Literally, finally. So that accident happened, I guess, whenever graduation is, early June or something. Yeah, like May, June. Um, and I didn't move to L.A. until November 10th because that was when finally I went to the doctor the last time and it still wasn't gone. And he said, look, man, I don't know. Like either your brain will adjust and it'll kind of build new capillaries or whatever around it. Or you'll start getting dizzy spells and have seizures and shit will be all fucked up. You got to come back. Because obviously then we'll need to talk about something. So mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take my chances. Okay. Because I am not waiting. Were you, did you have to go through like really stringent rehab, learn how to like walk? No, and not, it, was it, Or so. was it just like just came back. get acclimated again? Just came back. Like, back I'll say that. And just to be clear, like it was scary, but it wasn't 
like some gnarly, gnarly. Okay. I, it just came back okay. slowly. Um, Your mom wasn't like journaling every night, like yeah, wondering like what's going to happen. He took one step. Yeah. Baby stood up. <laughs> uh, so, so she probably was actually. She's so like uh, worried. But uh, <laughs> aren't all moms? So yes, mom? man, especially mine. So anyway, so uh, so the blood cloud wasn't gone. He's like, yo, you can go if you want. You know, it's either going to adjust or it won't. Once again, what happened was at the time I was supposed to move as soon as I graduated with my brother. Got it. That's my dude. We're going to come out here. We're going to get jobs. We're going to get a studio apartment. We're going <coughs> to be killing the game. Mm-hmm. In that time, from June to November, he had gotten his very first girlfriend. Wow. And he had set the helmet down. Bro. He had set the helmet down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he so then of course so by November now and 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 God bless him he waited for me he didn't leave right. I probably would have yeah. left yeah uh, he waited for me but he ended up getting a girlfriend and so when November came around or when time I could leave came around he didn't want to leave her right away so I'm all antsy like let's do this let's do this he's like ah shit I don't know you're so, like bro I was just in a coma I'm just recovering and now like, it's now it's on. time I like, can walk rock. again and you let's rock yeah. it's time now I'm cooling yeah. let's go yeah. Yeah, so, um, so that is when I called Rob, and and I don't him and I debate a little bit over this memory. We see it a little differently. <laughs> okay, uh, but can you give us both scopes? I don't. Even, I'm not sure. I remember his exact. Okay, mine is like ah shit. I don't remember my 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 version is number one. The, where I got the nickname Drama is because what, during the process of recovering okay i wrote him a long email and i said yo man i'm gonna be done here soon with my little blood clot situation (laughs) but um i'm gonna come out there right away and anything i can do like i know how to film uh, skating i know i kind of know how to take pictures if there's any opportunity for me let me know because i'm coming and he wrote back because my email address was causing drama and he wrote back causing drama what the fuck (laughs) and i was like like god damn it like damn it you blew it you had one shot and you just blew it with your dumbass email address was it causing drama at yahoo was it aol aol good old aol why causing drama man i don't i love it was you know it's one of those things it's like the first email address you have was that your was that your aim name too causing drama yep yeah so what it Mine is, was is this, baller for life 1987 like, why am i such mean a you probably had asshole? similar like yeah. interest in childhood like i <laughs> yeah. i loved rap i loved young jeezy i had cornrows for a couple weeks i fucking love it i was like man i, I really thought i was like you were the young great white hype bro. You, yeah. yeah like so anyway causing drama i don't i don't know i just shit i don't know man i wish i knew he but had, uh he, he had an imaginary thug life tatted across his chest for sure oh i wanted it you know so I mean? badly Explain uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I so that's what he wrote back. I'm like, damn it. Now knowing him now, he's funny as shit. That's yeah. what he wrote. I he was, was devastated. Like, what the fuck? To me, that was literally like your one chance. <laughs> your one pitch and you just got shit on. It's like Shark Tank when the people get <laughs> shit on. So anyway, so uh so I called him like around November, you know, whatever, October or September and I and I said, Yo, what, man. What was the time gap between this this email and, and the I don't remember, but it was close. Okay. You know, probably within a couple months. Okay. So I called him and I said, Yo, man, here's the situation. I said, Look, you let my brother uh, when he was eighteen, you let him come out and stay with you. Give me a shot. Like, just give me the same amount of time you gave him. Let me just come out and kinda get it figured out. Yeah. So he was like, Okay, cool. Um, I believe his story might have been more of a guilt trip. 
like, hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. Patty, this is Terry. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you remember, but yeah. four years ago, yeah. you know, I don't. I think his story might have been like more that. Like, yeah. Got it. So anyway, he, he got like, the calls from the aunts and the mom. Yeah, and, I think he felt the yeah. guilt, right? Where I was just like, yo, let me get that. And he's like, all right, cool. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> let me get that guest uh, room. Christ- right, Christopher bet. was in a coma. <laughs> yeah. And this would just. At your skate park, Robbie. <laughs> and he knocked himself out. You want to know a funny this story? This is your too? fault, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story, too, is the city called Rob. Shut the fuck up. Because Rob fought the city to have no helmet law at his skate park in Dayton. When I smashed my brain against the ground, the city called him and said, look, a kid blew his brains out on your skate park first weekend, and they're going to sue this city. And Rob said, that was my cousin. He's not going to sue the city. Like, what are the chances? That was actually my dude, and you're all good. And they're like, all right, fine. Anyway. So anyway, so we, uh, so he says, okay, cool. And I remember at the time, I remember him telling me, like, man, we're about to start, uh, you know, we're gonna try to film a show for TV on the phone, right? And I'm in Ohio, and I'm like, what? You're like, bro, get me yeah, out I'm like, there, what does bro? that mean? Like, LA is crazy. And then he's like, yeah, we're gonna get a bulldog. You know, I want a bulldog, and I'm like, I love bulldogs. <laughs> Yo, like, I'm yes. like, oh, let's go. So like, as we're ramping up, I'm like, 90% crying, 10% sleep. I'm flashing. The world is yours. Pacers jersey is on tight. Pacers jersey He's throwing cheesy ad libs out, just like, yeah. Let's get it, get it. So November 10th was the day. Word. Book the ticket, fly out. I remember like waving bye to my parents. What's funny is every time I fly in and out. What was what was his final like? All right, get the fuck out here. It wasn't that. It was just like, can I do it? Yeah, okay. Okay. And then it was like talk every now and then. But I remember I was scared to call him. I don't know what to compare it to, but calling Rob in those days was like if I literally had Obama's phone number for some reason. That's you. all I can compare it you're to. Not that's Kanye. How much you're not I hitting them on the regular, yeah. putting them on speaker and 100%. saying, I got some new shit for you to hear. 100%. Word. That's all I can compare it to today. Got it. Is it was like, it's time to call him. You what time to, do you think you, it is you in You had to hype yourself up to like, eating. Press my eating. We'll wait 10 minutes. We'll yeah. wait 10 minutes. And then like the phone <laughs> ringing, like he's going to pick up, he's going to pick up. Like I looked up to him crazy, yeah. you know? So anyway, so we, uh, we coordinated it got it already he was telling me about wanting to film a show or whatever and so november 10th and i remember like what i was saying is i remember saying bye at the airport at cleveland hopkins airport to my parents got it and it was a little gnarly because i never went on a trip like that right and i just remember being like damn like this is my shit this is my time yeah here's the big goodbye and literally every time now and unfortunately they're remodeling it so it's going to be gone but every time i leave i make sure i go through that gate Got it. And relive that moment. Yeah. You know, there's a set of stairs. So every time I literally go up, you go up to the TSA guy and you turn around and look at the stairs. Oh, And it's like, that's where my parents were waving. So anyway, Uh, not to get too sappy, but... Aww. Mama. So anyway, then come here, arrive uh, with cornrows in my head. Uh, a tall T. Oh, on. so you came to L.A. with cornrows. I was like, you know what? I'm going to show L.A. what's up. He, he, he came out causing drama, bro. I got this tall T from Finish Line. I fucking love you. I got you. some Air Force Ones, even though I'm a diehard skateboarder, and that's such who, a no-no. Who cornrowed your hair? Did you have like that one friend? I'm going to be or honest. Did you go I, Akron. So Akron isn't like... Akron's- he went to the trap house, bro. That's I went to the trap house. I went to the trap house. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Stop fucking with me. Yeah, I went to the trap house. There's like there's like a girl. So I don't know how to say this. I, I want to make sure I'm politically correct here. But like Akron's pretty uh, pretty mixed. Like nobody's really rich. Yeah. Right. But um, there's the people that I th- we thought were rich at the time. Got it. The white families. Straight auto like insurance salesmen and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm guessing farm. like I don't know, man. Rich. 
probably if you make a hundred grand a year in Ohio, you're like crushing. Balling. I'm guessing. Yeah. So those families, then there's uh, the black, but still have a lot of money families. There's the white, but like trailer trash families. There's yeah. the black hood. Like the hood of Akron's pretty hood. Word. Um, so anyway, there's all different types of, yeah. of people. There's just not a lot of like Mexicans and uh, and Asians. You don't get Got that it. diverse, Got right? It. It's black and white. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I would go to the hood. To the hood girls, and I would sit on her living room floor, and she would braid my hair because that's what young Jeezy would do. I fucking respect it. You just felt comfortable. You felt like you've been there before. I just love. I just love how you prepare like visually for yeah, LA. He was like, blasting like, cheesy, bro. Like who, but it's like because you could go to a place and it's almost like starting new, and it's like okay, who am I gonna be? And then yeah. this was your image. Yeah, that's great. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and I think that I so. So it. I just came in steamy, right? Like Word. I just came in like here I am with my yeah. cornrows, whatever. So anyway, get off, literally get off the uh, plane, sitting in LAX. Rob comes, picks me up in his uh, car. I'm like, holy shit, right? And uh, we go, go to his house. I'm here now. Funny ending to that story is we go. I'm here. I'm like, what is up, cornrows? Yeah. Uh, like uh. LA, let's. Let's fucking He's got the go, house Robbie. Where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you already gave him nicknames on his shit. Yeah, and uh, oh, and so 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 to end the drama story, what happened was just because Rob's so fucking crazy and funny, he took like all these images of me in these basketball jerseys and dressing like an idiot. Yeah, printed them, put them on his kitchen table, and told all of his friends, "My cousin's coming here. <laughs> his name is Drama. He wants to be a rapper. I think." Everyone be nice to him, respect him, like he's from the hood of Ohio, <laughs> of Akron. Not true. Uh, <laughs> he, you know, like, be ready. Yeah. And so I come in, and they're like, drama, drama, drama. I'm like, who is drama? What's a drama? Like, all right, all right, what's up? This matches my cornrows, right? Here, Drama's born. I had never been called drama before that. Never nothing. It was Word. from that moment. So get That's here. so lit. And I then the you. ending of the story is I get here, come in. Rob lives in the house in the hills that we filmed Robin Big in. Walk in the house. What's good? Literally, he's like, all right, get get set up, whatever. He's like, all right, I have a date tonight. Uh, you know, you just chill. Word. And I remember sitting there, and I literally, I sat in his living room by myself, and for some reason, it just like this wave hit me of like, you can't handle this. <laughs> no way. Oh, you like, you're anxiety? out of your shit. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, like just like a wave of anxiety. It was just, just like, like I was so out of my element. There was oh. anxiety from the like, is this blood clot going to flare up? <laughs> like these cornrows might be pinching something. <laughs> uh, you know, and I remember sitting, calling, and not to sound too soft here, listeners, but I remember sitting, calling my, I called my mom. And I was just like, mom, this is, it's a little, it's a lot. Yeah. You know, That's I'm just wild. out of my element. Yeah. And I sat there and took my cornrows out. Shut the fuck yeah. up. I don't want this anymore. Mama. Yeah. yeah. Mama. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. So it wasn't like this, like, there wasn't this, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True story. Yo, now, this was post phone call with your mom. Oh, Maybe during. It was oh, like this my God. And so Let me put you on speaker real yeah. quick. And it wasn't like, I'm coming home. I can't do it. It was just a little bit of like. And, you know, for the sake of the reality of the story, maybe it was two days after, maybe it was three. But there was this moment of like, Ugh, you're really out of your element here. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, all these guys are way older than you. Yeah. Like, you're like, what the what, fuck? What, what, what was it about the cornrows? Like the, the symbolism? Just like, like. I think it was like, I was feeling myself a little too much. <laughs> you came and in And I was blazing. like, let's reel it in. Okay. <laughs> you know what okay. I'm saying? Like, let's put on a normal size T-shirt. <laughs> Got it. Get these things out. And like, let's 
just now. Let me ask you: When you took him out, was it like a thing when, when, when? Especially Rob, you're living there, yeah. right? When Rob's Rob was actually like blindsided by the hair coming back, yeah. right? Yeah. And did he say anything to you? Like what the? No, because at the time we, you know, we still it was st- we're still getting acquainted, right? Okay. And uh, and um, he didn't. He just thought I was crazy, probably. <laughs> he fucking you know, like a kid through, got off the damn he, plane. He came through just stroking his hair, like, "Hey, bro, how are you?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the dude, like you know, I got off the plane with cornrows. It's like he was probably just like, I don't know, the fucking kid took his cornrows out. He's crazy. What do I know? So I don't know. I think he might have said like, "Oh, what happened?" Like I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. Like okay, yeah. cool. But he didn't know me well enough to like really dig in on that fact. So and I never told him that that happened. Nothing. So. Uh, but yeah, that was my, that was my short story long from kind of graduation to moving to LA. That's incredible, bro. So you, yeah, I'm literally playing Jeezy in the back of my head. So forgive me if I lose my place. Let me do this because we're in a good spot. Let me take a pee break. You got it. Okay, guys, pee break. We'll be right back. You got it. All right, we're back. Sorry, guys. I I really had to pee one, uh, really trying to uh, drink more water. As I grow up and get more healthy, yes. and, and I realize I hadn't drank a lot of water today, and so on the way over here, I chugged a few bottles. You know? That's a beautiful so there might thing. be one more Stay of those hydrated. before we're love, done. Yeah. Love, I mean, we had the Jeezy bump in, you know what I mean? Uh, thank God for Jeezy. Thank God I for wanna, Jeezy. I've never met Jeezy, but one day, I want to tell him, like, listen, man. <laughs> I feel you. You. I just I just hope that it, if that interaction ever happens, like, yeah. he doesn't, like, give you, like, the cool guy. Like, the old. Yeah, like, he's probably heard it so many times. Yeah. I would do it. I'd be he like, oh, cool, man. Company. He's not worried about shit right yeah. now. He's not old school Jeezy. But that moment is yeah. for me, not for him. Yeah. 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 You, you want the Jeezy fighting with Guwap. You know what I mean? You want yeah. the, the Ooh, beef. I yeah. love that Jeezy. Yeah. Damn it. I love that Jeezy. Gucci back. Okay, so here. Okay, so go ahead. So we got all the way to L.A. I took my cornrows out. We did. And now I'm here. You took your cornrows out. You're having this kind of moment like, holy shit, this may be way, way bigger than I anticipated. And it may be too much for me. Maybe maybe I need to go back and be the thug in Akron that's just causing drama. Uh, Big fish, little pond. Yeah. You know, it's like, do you want to be? Maybe I'll go be the big fish. Did you actually have those thoughts? No, I didn't. I I, I I was scared shitless, but like. Sure. I'm going to be honest, man, like the other option, like just living in Akron and, I, and everyone who lives in Akron, I, no offense, but I, or a town like Akron, but, and loves it, but it just wasn't an option for me. Got it. Why? You know, we were kind of talking like I grew up in LA, knew she's from the Bay. Yep. Um, you know, do you think people come to LA with, because it's really the only place you can kind of reach that level of success you want to. And it is kind of about location. Is that um, enough of an influence? Well, here's what I think. I think that LA is marketed, right? The whole world is about marketing. Like if it's marketed that, uh, Paris after the terrorist attack is dangerous, uh, tourism falls in Paris. What's your chances of actually getting caught in a terrorist attack? Yeah. Slim to none. Yeah. 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 Extreme example, but vice versa of that is LA is marketed as the place to make dreams come true. Got it. Where else on earth? You're right. So it doesn't matter if you know your dream, you don't know your dream. LA is where you find that dream and you make that dream come true, unlike any other place in the world. Possibilities are endless. Endless. So I think that that is what draws so many people is like, I just got to get in the mix. And that's what drew me. I didn't know. Uh, exactly what it was. I knew at that point because of my injury, I was kind of over the skateboarding thing. I knew at that point, to be dead honest, I knew I wasn't good enough to be a pro skateboarder. That's why I picked up uh, filming and uh, filming my friends and doing all that stuff with skateboarding because I knew I had to find another approach. I was very honest with myself. Yeah, but you, just, you just wanted it though. You wanted you wanted, wanted something more, and Got that's it. what like today. Did even you, did you have? 
I, I, I want to bring it to this moment. Like, there was no concrete, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm dead set on this. You just knew yeah. you wanted something bigger. Yeah. And, and you were just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And that's how I feel tomorrow morning. You know what I'm saying? It's just like I like I and a crucial part of the story just for for kids listening is like I so I knew as I as my brother started to really excel at skateboarding and a couple of our other friends. I mean, there's a kid named Kevin Turpening that I grew up with who's now a pro skateboarder um, and another kid named uh, Cyril Jackson who is pro also now who was in my group of friends in Akron, Ohio, which is pretty fucking insane. Yeah. But I could see those guys were so much better than me. And I, and yeah. I knew. So that's when I picked up filming. And what I did was I filmed a video about uh all of the Akron kids, a skate video. And I went around to all the skate shops and I sold it. And that's really how I got the initial money to even move to LA. So I knew I was pretty real with myself. Like, you're not going to be a pro skateboarder, but let's get some hustle going here. Like was, that, was that pre-Seven Stair or post-Seven Stair? Pre. And what's funny is I was the filmer, right? Funny piece of information. So the whole day that I smacked my dome piece, I was filming my friends. So I, I had a tape you. when I got home of me talking on camera and filming them that I still do not remember. And it's the <laughs> weird. Thing. It's not like blacking out drunk. It's right. like a whole day yeah. that's just gone. Erase. And you're on camera and you're like, there I was. Why don't I remember it? <laughs> Yo. So anyway, so I filmed that video. I raised money. I did a big premiere in my hometown, whatever. That's where I got the money. So when I came to LA, that's when I wrote Rob that email before was like, I'll film, I'll take photos, I'll, I'll do clean anything. up dog shit, out, whatever it is. Which is actually very different from when you were the 14 year old who wanted to be a pro skater and go to LA because it was the epicenter for yeah. that. Yeah, but I will say like it was still rooted in like just wanting more. Yeah. And you know, you saw LA and you saw what it's like. You see, one thing I will say about myself, which sometimes drives me nuts and sometimes is my greatest gift, is if I see that it is possible, I want it. Mm -hmm. I mm. don't say that's not for me. Got I'm it. not good enough. I Got say it. now I need that. Yeah. The problem is now in my situation, I'm around billionaires yeah. In New York and in sometimes. Yeah. It's not my life. But, <laughs> and I, I want that too. Yeah. And it's like, okay, calm down. You yeah. don't need a billion dollars. You Word. know, but I just have this like, when I came to LA and I saw LA and I saw Rob's life and I saw these people's lives, I'm like, I want that life too. Mm -hmm. Why would I settle for this life? So that's all it was. I didn't know. Uh, to answer your question, no, I didn't know. I didn't know exactly what. I just knew I needed something. Got it. Yeah. And you had a you had a finite time in LA, no? Like, what was it? You moved out to L.A., came, stayed with Rob, and you knew you were good? Or A month. So, so what it was was this. My brother had the summer, a couple <coughs> months. I had My deal was uh, November 10th until I had to go home for Christmas, Got which her. was uh, like you know December 20th. Uh, so essentially you have a month to get acquainted, find a job, whatever, whatever. Uh, so, so yeah, I had, I had a month. So take us through that. So are you actively looking for a job? Like they, they were yeah. about to start filming when you, when you, when you got in there. Yeah, like so what, what happened was I came, uh, broke down, took my cornrows out, had a little bit of fun, and then, uh, yeah, started looking for jobs and started putting in applications, obviously, at skate shops first. Okay. Uh, started looking at apartments. And that is when uh, the, what the, the story is, is right before I was supposed to leave to go back to Ohio for Christmas. Okay. And then the goal was like, okay, come make one of these jobs work and come back and get a studio apartment. Yeah. Is when Rob's assistant quit so rob had an quit. he quit so he, he hadn't even started yet so rob was filming rob was just trying to figure out the beginning of what would have became robin big yeah and he 
was going to hire a new assistant, this funny skater guy to be his assistant because not only did he need an assistant, but he would be a funny character on the show. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the night before the kid was supposed to come up and kind of film some stuff and see if some stuff worked out, he called, he lived in San Diego. He called and said, yo, I can't, I can't do this. My girlfriend just gave me an ultimatum. Uh, either I stay in San Diego with her or I go up to LA to chase the fame life and I love her and I want to stay oh with my her. God. And I remember, literally, I remember. I remember you regret this day. He regrets he this moment. He has wrote to Rob the... so many times. Saying, <laughs> I like, bet. Anything else? Any other opportunities? Oh my God. <laughs> any, anything I feel else you. came up in the They're meantime? They're for sure not together anymore. You know what I mean? I the, don't think they are. The white picket fence left quick. Yeah. So I remember him, you know, that kitchen from Robin Big. For people who watch Robin Big, I remember Rob walking out into the kitchen and being like, ah, man. Uh, you know, so-and-so just quit. He can't make it. And then I remember him kind of going to me and saying, do you want to be my assistant? And I was like, man, I don't even keep in mind coming from Akron, Ohio. I didn't know what a personal assistant was. Yeah. It's something you read in the tabloids about like Kim Kardashian has yeah. one that she throws cell phones at and stuff. It's well, like, he, to, I don't know what that means. To, yeah. to even be able to ask you that you guys had to have like hit it off to a degree at that point. Uh, we did. We hit it off pretty quickly. Uh, but at that time, it was just like, well, shit, I, do you want to do it? Word. It was really just like, hey, you're looking for jobs. Yeah. You're looking for apartments. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do this? And I was like. 90% grind. Yeah. And I, 10% and like, oh, I don't sleep. sleep so I'll what? do anything. Uh. <laughs> so, so I remember going and I remember his friends coming to me and being like, yo, don't do it. Because uh, he's he's really like gnarly when it comes to work. Like you know, yeah. he's real serious, and and they're like, it's going to ruin your relationship with him. Like he's going to be too hard on you. Don't do it. You do not want to mix business and friendship. Yeah. And I remember really at the end of the day, just being like, uh, what do I have to lose? I mean, yeah. you know, if this doesn't work out, or or I end up being miserable, I'll just go get that job at the skate shop. Yeah. 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 But at least this way, when I come back out, I have a guaranteed. I'm go I can go in yeah you know? and there was no TV show at that time there was no nothing but it was like I have a job and I have like all right like I can be around Rob I can whatever this is cool yeah I'll learn yeah so I remember finally like on the last day when I was leaving or whatever I said yeah I'll do it uh, I'll be back and going home for Christmas I'll pack up the rest of my shit I'll be back you know whatever January 1 or whatever and um, we'll get started on the new on our new journey awesome yeah that's that's insane bro. yeah like chance opportunity after chance yeah. opportunity after crazy scenario happening. All of these things, damn near out of your thug ass control. Yeah. Right? Way out. But like all of these moments have led up to this moment here and in you, you you're like, fuck it. Like, what do I have to lose? Yeah. I don't I you, it's not like Rob's like drama. Yeah. Look, I've known you since you were a little kid. You're fucking yeah. awesome. You're organized. You're articulate. Da, 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 da. None of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's funny. It's like just take just take this gig. Yeah. So yeah, it just came up. Yeah. You had just, no fucking clue what an assistant was though. No idea. You were like, what the fuck? Like, like what's that mean? Like I go get head? groceries like, for I, am you. Am I even gonna be good enough? Like, am I, I was like, just like, I don't even fucking. know. I remember one day he literally gave me the keys. I don't remember whether this was right before I left or maybe right when I got back. Yeah. He gave me the keys to his SUV and he said yo just go drive around and like you know get to know los angeles a little bit and i remember getting a mile away from the house and being like what the fuck (laughs) where am i this is crazy like cars are everywhere streets don't make sense like what the fuck keep in mind driving in coventry ohio compared to driving in fucking los angeles (laughs) day so it was like i'm instantly like on the grand prix track (laughs) like what is happening i remember being terrified like man i don't know like literally 
going to Ralph's to pick up some groceries was like a war. <laughs> like, it was like, all right, you. all right, all right, we got this, we got this, we oh, got like, we're, we're getting get cereal, this we're getting cereal. You're not scared. 2% milk, Let's fucking 2% go. milk. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but so, yeah, it was a huge jump, but I was like, uh, what? I might as well figure the shit out. Mm. Um, as opposed to working at a skate shop, because if it doesn't work out, I'll just go work at the skate shop. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's that's how it went. But yeah, so, I'm a firm believer. I mean, to answer your question, I know we'll once again we'll get more into it as we go. But like, it's opportunity, man, and it's hunting down opportunity and then going for it. Yeah, you know, and that's what I've I've learned as I got yeah. older that I instinctually kind of did. yeah. Who cares if you failed? Because if you didn't do it, you you would have technically failed anyways, right? Yeah, what do you got to lose if all if if worst case scenario you're back in Akron on the floor getting your hair braided again? Yeah, it's I like you start you. over. I don't know. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, Jeezy's always gonna be there to help you like get get to the hood. Yeah, like the only way is up. Yeah, you know. But uh, I, I don't know. So yeah, that's how. I, okay, <laughs> so let's let, let's go into what that experience was like. You got back. You're Rob's assistant now. They're starting to film the show. How is that? Like, take us through that Jump that, on that the roller world. coaster, yeah. 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 And what's the start of that ride like? So it was nuts, right? So um, let me just say, and I'm going to do my best, because that actual process from me moving permanently to, like, the television show actually becoming a real reality okay. was at least a year. Okay. So it was some time. Okay. okay. Um, but so I what, remember, for instance, I'll give you an example. I remember I came here on November 10th. On November 14th, I remember it. They had the first step, which is so weird because I don't think they would ever do this today, is they would never. They, w- they, they just put like three cameras in the house. Okay. And they said like, well, we don't really know what the fuck you guys are up to, but just here's some cameras. Just film some shit. If some shit comes up that's fun, film it. Okay. And I remember November 14th, three days after moving here, we went to a club. To what was LAX? I don't remember what that it is shit now. Used to be popping. Yeah. yeah. So we went. Here's okay. <laughs> here's short story so we go three days and we go. I had never had a mixed drink in my life. I had only had beer that we stole from my friend's mom. Word. So we go to a club. Number one, I get in because Big Black and all of his homies are so big and look like bodyguards. Or they yeah. are bodyguards. We walk up to the door and they just go, "Yo, he's good." And the door guys are like, all right, he's good. I looked like I was 14. Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, I don't know. Here's fucking Justin Bieber. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't he's know. Good. But he's good. One yeah. thing we're not going to do is step in the way of these three guys. Yeah. So we go in. I'm. We're drinking. It was a Travis Barker, Famous Stars and Straps. It's actually on an episode of his show, which is funny, where wow. his wife gave him a low rider to celebrate something, a Famous Stars and Straps release. Okay. And we're there. <laughs> so Travis Barker is there. We're filming, they're filming a show. I'm at a club having a vodka cranberry. I feel you. And who do I meet? Paul Wall. Amazing. Shut the fuck up. And let me tell you this. Not only was it right when, smile for me, daddy. Uh, I want to see, see you grill. grill. That was literally the song. Oh, shit. I meet Paul Wall. I have a camouflage LeBron James jersey on. You're a thug. I'm, a, I'm like, yo, what's you, good? You in these jerseys, Yo, you dog. good? Because yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I'm from Akron. Where are you Did from? Did you wish you had your cornrows back? <laughs> Wished. Oh, yeah. man. Paul Wall would be so yeah. proud of me. So I go, and I literally, in LAX, in a crowded-ass loud club, I go, and I call my homies, same kids I went to the skate park with, and I'm like, bro, I'm in a club. I'm in LA. Yeah. I just met Paul Wall. Yo. I just met Paul And they're like, what? What do you mean you met Paul Wall? I'm like, I met Paul Wall. <laughs> Fuck. So anyway, so I'm like, it's fucking popping. So we go home, back to the house. Uh, we're having a little after party, whatever, whatever. And it turns out one of my friends is kind of hooking up with a girl. 
one of Rob's friends, one yeah. of our whatever, the older, yeah. the older guys. Yeah. And which now is so normal, right? I mean, that's yeah. what people do. You go to clubs, you come back to the house, you hook up with girls. Hook up with girls. One of the other guys who was a little bit annoying, a little obnoxious, grabs one of the cameras and goes out through the window, through the blinds, and is filming this dude, like kind of hooking up with the girl or whatever, <laughs> oh, or making wow. out with her or whatever. Yeah. And I remember being out there, and I remember his friends being like, listen, 18-year-old, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. And I'm like, what? Okay, 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 I know. I'm a young dude, whatever. We're in the window, and they're hooking yeah. up. Oh so anyway, so then the guy sees the sees us in the window. And we're like, oh, shit. So we run in the house. The guy runs out after us, runs up, and gets in a fist fight with the guy filming. No way. In the kitchen. And I remember being like... Oh my God, I can't handle this. <laughs> like here we are again. This is what these guys do. They go party with Paul Wall and then they come back and fist fight each other. Like what the fuck? <laughs> where am I? Like where am I? I'm not built for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, so oh sorry. That was just a story I remember that was so funny. So what happened was it went from that to like filming some shit to then, you know, you got some directors on board and some people on board and stuff started to make a little bit more sense and then you know, the MTV executives started coming by and it just gradually, slowly and slowly and slowly. It took so long. It took So so before then before it gets to the show, yeah. what was being Rob's assistant like for that year? I'm gonna be honest, and I love you, Rob. I know Rob listens to all these podcasts. It was miserable. It was more miserable after yeah. filming the show or okay. while filming the show because okay. I was trying to do both. Yeah. But it was just um I mean it was a lot. And at the time, like he was much younger too. And it was like a lot of like just folding laundry and making sure the closet was kept. Yeah. And he is very stern and very like, go yeah. do this. And at the time I was overwhelmed and traffic. I didn't understand traffic. It was, yeah. it was nuts, you know, yeah. uh, not nothing like uh, detri detrimental or scarring. So let me ask you, did you have a moment where you're like folding the whites and being like, what the fuck am I doing here? Again, this is, you got a hamper next to him. Yeah, there was probably lots of times. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be real honest too. Is like I, I felt overwhelmed. I felt out of my element. And then because the head injury thing and the blood clot kind of gave me an anxiety issue because yeah. every time I got a little lightheaded, like I walked upstairs oh, yeah. too fast, I thought I was going to have a seizure and die. Oh my God. And so I remember like having multiple moments where I'd like go outside and sit and kind of have panic attacks. Like, this is it. You're having a stroke. Like, it's over, right? And it's just like, what the fuck? Looking back on it now, it's like, calm down, fold the laundry yeah but uh but no so it, it was it was gnarly but it was a it was a real crash course because it went from that like year however long i watched the whole process of getting robin big made because that took like another year of Got like it. figuring out what the show even was and what was the concept and what was the blah 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 yeah originally it was like rob dyrdek's 10 rules to success and all this other shit and i watched the executives come in and them kind of uh, uh haggle on what the show was going to be whatever so it was a crash course in what it really takes Got it. to not only be an entrepreneur, do all, see all the shit Rob was doing, be a professional athlete and then create a television show. I learned, I saw all that very firsthand, like in a year and a half or two years. Yeah. So, Did you become a good assistant or were you always, I would say, no, I don't think I ever was. I think that the best thing about me was that I cared a lot because yeah. Rob yeah. was my dude and yeah. we became yeah. like, he still to this day is, is once again, I said this on your interview, but I, I love my big brother to death, but he was really like a real big brother to me yeah. and taught me so much about just life and how to deal with girls and how to deal with work and how to yeah. deal with all shit. Um, so I cared so much and I would never do anything wrong by yeah. him. And I was there at three in the morning if he needed me or whatever. Yeah. But like, I, would I have hired me today? No. Fuck no. But Fuck you know no. what the wild shit is? Like in entertainment, it's, it's always something like, 
the 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 real like the the real like let's say managers or or whatever executives that like get into the game they have to be assistants coming up in it yeah but like the really good ones are never really good assistants for the most Correct, part because you always you mm. want more yeah and wanting more makes you great at getting more but it makes you terrible at just doing what you're supposed yeah. to do right 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 that's right. the hard part yeah you want an assistant that wants to be an assistant and that's yeah. a really hard person to find and if you're like in that like track it's just like you're just struggling like damn i gotta be a good assistant so i keep this job but then there are those people that know if they have somebody under them at least a they're giving it their all b they're gonna be a star in some way and i see some shine in them let me just forget all the fuck-ups that they're doing because i know their heart's in it yeah and we're gonna figure this shit the fuck out yeah. right yeah so you you get to this point. You're seeing all this show being created. You're seeing all the things that have to go uh, along with this creation process. You're also seeing that like an MTV show isn't exactly all right. Rob, you guys got the show. Here's our producer. All that oh, you're seeing yeah. that it's just being free willed and put together. Yeah. So you're getting all of this experience, and then comes Showtime. Right. Which let me say is better than any fucking college. Word. And that's why. I do this podcast. That's why, uh, because I saw the incredible value in just watching. You learn the best in the trenches, bro. Yeah, you just see it. And and Rob is an incredible businessman and creative, and like the way that he pushes to get his points across, yeah. and the, how hard he works. It was like, damn! It was like real life. Let me ask you this, because I feel like somebody, you know, I, I literally like had like a, a moment where I took myself out of out of myself here. But were you ever scared of getting fired? Or yeah. like being like yeah. fuck, like yeah, because he was gnarly. He like would, fuck, really? like like Rob's gonna call me into the office and be like, "Go find some other shit 5, to do, bro." Thousand percent. He was gnarly, and, <laughs> and and now that's where I got the kind of fire that I have. I think. Yeah. And sometimes I take it out on Danny, my assistant. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad even saying I have an assistant, but uh, he was. I mean, all the time. Word. Like you don't like you're gonna go fucking. What was that like for you? Because like, what was that like for you? Terrifying. Yeah, yeah it was but, terrifying. But you stayed committed though, which was cool. Cause like, yeah, because I have the attitude of my attitude naturally, and this is just my instinct, is like you give me a challenge and I will fight, 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 fight to get it. Yeah. Not okay, fuck it, I give up. Yeah. And so he would like all the time, he'd be like, Oh, I guess you don't really want this. I guess you don't I guess you want to go work at Starbucks. I guess you want to blah, blah, blah. I guess yeah. you want to blow. And I would just be like, No, no, no. Watch, watch, watch. I'll fold, I'll fold. You know, and like he it was like, you got the wrong beef jerky. You got the wrong I don't want to make him sound like a fucking asshole, but he was extra hard on me because no, I was but his look, cousin. Rob, but Rob, you, Rob Durdeck wouldn't be as successful as he is unless his shit was laser yes, and, fucking focused. And, focus, and I'll say this to be clear is we laugh about it today because he's like what the fuck? I said that because I was his cousin and I think that in him and thank God it's like he wanted me to do a good job as his assistant, but he also loved me and he wanted me to be great. Yeah. You know, yeah. he wanted like, it's like how you are. You might be your son, you know, like on the basketball court. Yeah. But you would never say that to somebody else's kid. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? But he wanted, he expected a lot out of me, I think instinctually because he cared about me. So, uh, but we laugh about it today. Like, I can't believe, you know, that that's how you felt or that that's what I said or that, that you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we did an episode on it, which was, I embarrassingly enough, semi-based on reality on That's Fantasy Factory incredible. final uh, season, where I had a journal that I was writing in. Okay. Because my mom or someone had told me, like, you should write in a journal. I've never been able to write a fucking journal entry. Uh, yeah, I struggled with that, too. No chance. And to, for the sake of the conversation, I probably wrote five. Yeah. 
I even signed up for like the online journal, like where they email you and go, yeah. okay, it's yeah. nighttime, time for you to write. And yeah, I like delete like, everything. Yeah, like, oh, no, I'm going on, on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. So I had started writing this journal and I was writing about like, man, this shit is hard. Word. Like this, like, this shit's a little crazy. Yeah. You know, like, and, and, and for the episode, just a disclaimer, I think it got blown a little out of proportion for the sake of comedy. <laughs> but what happened was I had this journal that was like five entries and for fuck's sake, I left it at Rob's house one time because I, I lived with him for a short period yeah. oh. and I left it at his house and he found it. Oh God. And I remember one day being like, man, where did I ever put that journal? You know? And you. like he found it. So anyway, so sure enough, they made a whole episode about I it. I love it. Uh, on fantasy factory. But, uh, but yes, the, the, the point is it was gnarly and it, and it was harsh, but, but, uh, it's, it's what, really gave me like yeah. what I have now and yeah. and knowing somebody saying if, if, if everyone when they're 18 could just get slapped in the face and say if you really want to do what you think you want to do yeah. here's what it actually Word. takes yeah. the world would be a lot better off how, how are you getting compensated like how are you getting paid like were, were you just balling out like you were I've never the told this story but I'll tell out. this story I'll tell you the deal was this all I wanted was a Chrysler 300 <laughs> Got you. Nice. You're such a fucking thug, G. Because it was pretty <laughs> like, much a Bentley. Super thug. <laughs> pretty much a Bentley. You're fucking Coventry's most wanted right now. Yeah. I so fucking love you. All I wanted was a Chrysler 300. Uh, so the deal was this. Uh, he, he got me a Chrysler 300 lease or whatever. How, how long in? Uh, this was the deal. Like, you go home to Ohio. You're going to be my assistant. You go home oh, to Ohio. Shit. Here's uh, the oh, deal. Oh, you came back. Here's the okay. deal he proposed. Got yeah, it. It's like signing my record. Deal. Okay. Uh, you get a Chrysler 300. He was Leor Cohen on that ass, he though. He Leor Cohen the shit out of me. I feel you. Go ahead. He shook night in Yeah. Uh, he so, low-key back in the day, Teddy Riley dressed. I was over you the balcony I mean? like, you want this 300? <laughs> yeah. I want the 300. <laughs> uh, so so uh, Chrysler 300, I got a studio apartment at the Archstone okay. in Studio City. Okay. And $500. A month. Yeah. Oh, a month. Okay. Yeah. So he was, he had a business manager, which oh, was he like fucked crazy you to up. me. He fucked, he got me. Yeah, he got you. Uh, it was cool, but he got his you. His deal making <laughs> skills. Are yeah. Second to Yeah. Him. So anyway, so. He gave uh, him everything he wanted and yeah. fucked them. It's literally like a record time. deal. It's yeah. like, you want yeah, the yeah. car? You want the car? <laughs> yeah. Sign the deal. Yeah. So I literally, I came back, I remember, I came back out, we went to Universal City Nissan, and we found a used Chrysler 300 that came that. with 22 inch rims. I feel you. <laughs> I and I was like, I'll fucking, you want my arm? Because <laughs> yeah. I'll literally give you anything. Because just having rims on your car? Yeah. Like, what oh. the fuck? So anyway, uh, uh, so I got the Chrysler 300. I got a studio apartment at the Archstone and I got 500 bucks a month. And the dope thing was I didn't have to worry about like paying any of my rent or car bills because it was yeah. all through his business manager. Yeah. I just got a $500 check that I could waltz on down to Bank of America. And that was my living money. Now, how did I live on 500 bucks a month? How I have you? absolutely no idea. Like, but I fuck? did for years, for a long time. That's insane. Yeah. But that was the deal. Okay. For years. And I remember like, uh, I didn't know. Even while filming. Yeah. And the gnarly thing was, so when we got into filming Robin Big, so now we're filming a TV show. People recognize me a little bit, but more so I see that their star power. I see all the money they're making. Now Rob's making millions of dollars. Uh, Big Black's making a shit ton of money. But that, uh, took, that took a little bit of time though. It took a little bit of time, but yeah. I'm still like, I didn't really know, I guess, how to ask for raises, I think. Okay. And so I was like, no, I just, I love Rob. So like, I got you. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't think I really got a raise. I might've got like from 500 to 750 or something, mm -hmm. but I don't think I got a raise. And on season like one and two of Robin Big, I didn't make money. It was like, a, you can be on the show if you sneak in, sure. but you're not going to get paid like okay. a character. Yeah. Okay. So I was kind of on the show. People were kind of recognizing me. Everyone's making all this money. And I'm like, got my 500 bucks. 
What was your lifestyle like? Like when you Robin went back noodles. home or like, you know, at nightlife, like during that period. So it's every single morning, every day. Because I didn't know anyone. I didn't have friends. I didn't nothing. Okay. All those guys are older. They're already 30s. I'm 18. So I'm so out of my element. I don't know where to make friends. I don't know nothing. Okay. So what I do is every single morning, I wake up at, you know, whatever time, 8 in the morning, whatever. I, I go over to Rob's house to make coffee before he gets up. So whatever time that was, maybe 7 a.m. Make coffee. Coffee's ready. He gets up. I'm just there. Yeah. I can fold clothes. We can be homies. We can play some pool. I can whatever. Yeah. Take the dogs for a walk. I'm just here. Literally every day. Got it. For a long time. Unless he like, you know, was on a date or something like that. Uh so anyway, then when we were filming the show, same thing, except for you go over during the week and during the week they're filming a show in between all of it. Yeah. So that's what it was. So I, every morning I hop out, uh, hop out of my studio apartment into my fucking Chrysler 300 on 22s and go on over. And then Bumping I, Jeezy. Yeah. Oh, and I sure. buy a bunch of ramen noodles. Yeah. You know, I probably like used to sneak like Rob got Starbucks. I'd probably sneak my own Starbucks on his credit <laughs> yeah. card. You know, like I need a bagel. Let me get a bagel. Uh, but um, you get like a sandwich, puts it in a whip like to go when he gets back. Yeah, he tear up the receipt. Than the chicken noodles. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But it was that's what it was. Okay. For for a while. How so, was that lonely? No, nah, man, because I was so on at that time it was like zero to sixty so fast. There was so much to to digest. You know, it was like you're filming a show, you're around all the shit. Now you feel like you're kind of settling in a little bit in LA. There's cameras around, whatever, whatever. So it was just like I, I wasn't lonely because because also at the time Rob was way more like social, like uh his friends could just come over and walk in the house at any time and people were always there and we'd have little barbecues and stuff like that so there was always just so much going on yeah that it wasn't even like i didn't think about girls like girlfriend or like who i go home to by the time i went home i was so exhausted i was out of here were you like content with this or was there a moment where you're like what the fuck am i doing yes so that is what happened so like i'm cool because i'm in la and, and whatever but like yeah really quickly like when i saw Big Black turned his shit because Big Black also didn't start with any money really. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob at least had skate sponsors and stuff yeah. like that that just got put on steroids. Yeah. So uh, Big Black, I watched Big Black like become successful and cash multi hundred thousand dollars. How, how long into checks. this is it? Uh, it two it years? only did three seasons. So, so two years. Second so two year season in? is season two is when it's like this show's a hit. Yeah. Big Black has his clothes popping now. He's making money. Rob renegotiated all of his deals. He's making money, money. I'm still not getting paid to be on the show and working my ass off as you're getting assistant. a five hundred dollar check. Yeah. So and you don't really have like a goal too. Like it's not like you're it's like what are yeah. you grinding towards? I'm 100%. sure. Yeah. So, so that's when it's just like you gotta figure this shit out because you can't what are you going to do? Just be a reality star for a little bit longer and then like go off into nothing. I work for Rob forever. No chance. Like yeah. what are you going to do? So, so that's when, yeah, that's when it really started to stir in me. Like, okay, this is cool. But like, what are you going to do mm. to make some money here? Or, you know, be your own person. I never wanted to like work for Rob forever. Yeah. Or like, let me just ride this out for the next five years and see what happens. Like I wanted to be one of the, one of the ones cashing the checks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was, was it more about the money or just figuring out what you're going to do? Like, it was just like, yeah, I want to be my own. I want to be my own successful person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Rob has his thing. Big Black now has his thing. What's my thing? I want to be these guys' friends. I don't want to be the little homie. I don't want to be, you want to be a peer. Yeah. Like how do I now get a house next door? Like I want to be in, I want to be the friend. So what was your first step towards a pivot then? Or like, what was like the, the what did you try first? Music was first. Okay. So what happened was, um, 
So music, I, my dad was a drummer. I always had drums in my house my whole life. I played, uh, I'm sorry, kids, but I, I did a, a year in the uh, high school marching band. Respect uh, to you. So that's I, but yeah, you quit so, that yeah. shit because you're 90% drum line. Trying, you know what, mom? Hell sleep. no. I'm not going to do what Scott does. <laughs> Scott did four years. I'm doing one. <laughs> uh, so I uh, so I quit that, but I, so I had this drum kind of, and I, obviously I love music. I love my young Jesus. I love all that shit. So I uh, I became friends with Terry Kennedy, who was a pro skateboarder, is a pro skateboarder. Uh, he had a rap group called Fly Society. Mm. His producer was a guy named Felix. Felix in his apartment had keyboards and you know computers and uh, speakers and had his little production set up. And that was the first time I had seen that you could make beats or produce songs in your apartment yeah i always thought you needed a multi-million dollar studio yeah so that was my first instinct that was the first thing that drew me in so what i was doing is i I took all my money out of uh you know my parents had like the little savings bonds or whatever you get to pay for your college one day from like your third birthday or whatever (laughs) i I, I was like mom sorry man but college isn't gonna work out for me i need to cash them shits so it was like uh Two, I think it was like 2000 bucks or something. Okay. So I went and bought a keyboard from Guitar okay. Center. And I'm like, okay, here we go. So I go, I set it up in, in my apartment, and, um, and I just went to work trying to make beats and trying to produce. My first step at that was then I instantly went to the producers of the show, and I said, hey, man, I can make these shitty little beats. And now, like, if I watch a rerun or something, I'll hear one of my beats, and they are horrendous. <laughs> and, and, and thank God, man. Like, I love those guys. They just liked me and yeah. so they're like yeah yeah we'll use your shitty beats and uh, <laughs> and so some in some of the beats in the background of robin big when it comes to commercial and out of commercial were my shitty little beats but at wow. the time i'm signing up for ascap i got my little account i'm like all right here Did we you get go paid for those beats yeah Okay. And I'm like, say what's up to the next DJ Khaled. You did? Yeah. No, at the time, what? He's a young Swiss Scott Storch in this bitch. Scott yeah. Storch. That was yeah. it. So I'm like, I'm good. I'm off to the races. I got ASCAP. This show's a hit. I got all these rerun checks coming You're in. You're seeing the, just the lights flashing. Oh, here it is. Like, here's yeah. my checks. Here's my Bentley. So uh, that Robin was. Robin Big already pulled up. He's rolling up in the in, in the 300C with the cameras mm-hmm. popping out and just like, what's up, baby? With my own beats. Drama's Bumping, here. Bumping his yeah. own beats. Drama's here. Yeah, sorry. The cornrows are back. Yeah. yeah. He uh, changed his license plate to C. SN drama, you know what I mean? Hundred percent, and that's where Drama Beats was born, right? As it was like they would just joke around and say Drama Beats over and over. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, so that was my first attempt at uh, breaking out. How long did you spend doing music so, while while concurrently filming? Right. Yeah. So what happened was that was Robin Big. So Robin Big, you know, probably second seasons when I started making beats. I give the beats to the background of the show. I'm so convinced. And man, I got lucky. I'm so convinced that I'm going to make it as a superstar producer. Yeah. When Robin Big is over. So the third season of Robin Big, I made like 1500 bucks per episode I was featured in. Word. And I probably snuck my way into like eight episodes. Word. So there's my check for whatever, 10, 11 grand. Plus I'm making beats and I'm starting to get like a couple, couple hundred dollar checks from ASCAP. Okay. I quit. Rob quit working for Rob after Robin Big ended. Quit working for Rob and went and traded in my Chrysler 300 for a Mercedes CLS 500. Wow, which is the dumbest thing <laughs> yeah. that you can possibly yeah. do. Yeah, what, what what was that combo? Bold like? moves. What, what was that combo like with Rob? Oh, man, it was just like, man, I got to do this. Like, I got. He knew I wasn't. He knew that that's not what I wanted to do. He yeah. knew I wanted he was to be outgrowing the position. And- he knew I wanted to be like him. He knew I wanted. I, I was ambitious. Yeah. He knew that. And 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 uh, 
So there was a moment, I will say there was a moment that I was really proud of where I was like, yo, man, I got to quit, you know? And he was like, all right, well, just stay a little bit longer. Like how much to stay for another year? And I was like, oh, damn, that's cool. You yeah. Know? But, um, but whatever happened, I was like, no, I, I got to, this is my time. You yeah. know, my beats are hitting. Yeah. I'm <laughs> um, really, something's happening here. I just got 10 G's uh, yeah. from Viacom and I'm going to head down to the dealership. Right. So I, uh, so I quit. This motherfucker got CL five hundred. Bro, I quit. I got a white Mercedes, and I that was the dumbest thing that I could have possibly done. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just say straight up, I'll, and 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 we can get to it. However, but I had it not been for Fantasy Factory becoming a reality. Yeah, that thing would have been repoed, and yeah. I would have been like, "Rob, can I please come back? Just get another you, chance." You would have been writing letters. Remember like his how first good assistant? my coffee was, <laughs> bro? Like you know, what I mean, I would have been fucked. So wow, yeah. Because yeah. as a producer, like after that, did you just find tons of challenges? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and so far as, as far as music goes, so yeah. So you're not making shit money. You're not making shit money, and the money takes so goddamn long. Yeah. to come in. So yeah, like the, yeah. that Mercedes is gonna, you're gonna run out of money before the you know Fast. the ads cap checks yeah. come. So sure. anyway, so I'm making a little bit of money from the royalties of the show for the beats in the background. Because what's funny is we don't make royalties from the show as for being on it. It's a flat fee. Okay. But the royalties from the music still, I still get checks today. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like 500 bucks, but I still get it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so I got my royalties coming in and. And then I go, and through when Fantasy Factory, I kept making music. That's why on Fantasy Factory, I had a studio in the factory. Yeah. And that's when I really started to get serious. And I actually built a little production company. I had a couple producers signed to me. And we were making beats. And we did you know, records for Yellow Wolf and yeah. Trey Songs and Kelly Rowland. And we had some real records. And, yeah. and it got pretty real. Um, it's just that I didn't... I mean, the real long story short of it is that music, the music industry sucks. Yeah. It just sucks. It's a snakish world. Bro. Yeah, it's a snakish world and I wasn't ready for it. Especially and, as a producer or a production entity. Because I feel like I feel like producers get, get fucked the hardest. Like, they're, they're not making shit money really unless they get like in a, in a smash zone scenario. Yeah. Their money's coming way later. And where you make the money is this. You get it, you know this, but you make a chain of hits, you sign a big publishing deal and you get a big advance. Yeah. That's usually, yeah. unless you have like, you're producing, yeah. you know what I'm saying, uh, whatever. And you're not, you're you're not making money as a production company unless you're fucking everybody that's working under you. Well, 100%. It, it, it's, it's hard. Right? I mean, it's, it's so relationship based and um, especially as a production company, you have to crank out so much and then hope that those songs that you write actually get placed on a record that's released by a major label and yeah. so on, so on. Yeah. And there's so many layers to that. And, um, you know, the, the competition's crazy, crazy, especially, you know, you, you think about how many people make music. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I totally see how it's nuts. It's just it just sucks. It's just like we're cranking this shit out. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love music and I would still like to be yeah. back in the music industry in some way because I love being in the studio. I love making music. And now I'm a little bit more built for like the snaky shit. Yeah. But at the time, I wasn't built for that. Yeah. I mean, and, we, we know so many producers that it's, yeah. it's, just, it's just a grind for such a long time. For such a long yeah. time. And you really have to hit that sweet spot to just be rolling in the dough. You do. And I was chasing. We were doing records and like, you know... Um, we didn't get paid, I don't think, for the Yellow Wolf record that everyone loved. You know, at the time, it's like, we, yeah, we got some royalties, but that wasn't a radio hit, yeah. right? And the Trey Songs one, yeah, but that album didn't go 10 times platinum. Like, I, you know what I mean? We got little advances. Uh, funny story is Birdman still owes me five Gs. <laughs> and I don't think I'm going to get it anytime soon because I'm, I'm in a long line. But, like, we did a record for Little Twist on Little Twist's album, and the beat 
the fee for the beat was five grand, and they, of course they just never paid it. That's hilarious. But uh, and we threatened lawyers. We're gonna take it off iTunes. They're like, get They're in like, line, man. <laughs> Who the fuck cares that, about you? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's just a lot of chasing money and a lot of blah, blah, blah. Sure. And, and we'll get to it. But really what happened was when Young and Reckless started working, that was kind of the end of my music career because it was just I couldn't do both. Okay. And one had to win. And the okay. one that's going to win is the one that's winning. So let's take it to your saving grace, which was Fantasy Factory, yeah. right? Yeah. You were still doing this music shit. You were rolling around your white Mercedes CL with the fucking 22s on it with a pack of ramen noodles from Costco in your trunk. Yep. Right? And the thing is, you have the body to be able to like eat one of those and and be fulfilled. It'd be cool for the day. If I did that, I'd be crying. You know what I'm saying? And I've had those moments, but like imagine a fat dude like myself. I'm like a sprinter. I have like an Ethiopian sprinter's body. (laughs) You're like the Kenyans that are still like in Rio right now. Just one bag of ramen. I'm good. I got my bands. (laughs) You know what I mean? But yeah, no. So I'm, I was making beats and shit. And I, I was I was trying, but I think the gap in between the two shows was probably I don't remember, but I think it was below two years. I okay. think it was like a year or something. Okay. And so I was making beats, and I, I never there wasn't a moment when I thought, oh my god, you're screwed. Okay. Because it came in time. Okay. So the net. So came. you had you had like you 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 weren't just going out popping bottles and doing this. And no doing, hell no. You're, you're, so you were more frugal with. Yeah, I'm still, and I was still in my studio apartment. I didn't have money to spend, okay. but I just wanted that Mercedes. Like yeah, a lot, where a lot of people go wrong is you want that one thing yeah. to show you're rich. Yeah, you went, you went to Jacob the first check you got, hundred percent, just like yeah. the Kanye record, right? Yeah. So I, um, so yeah, but then it was shortly after the MTV started calling Rob, and they were like, you know, because what happened was we ended, you know, they ended Robin Big, uh, yeah. Robin Big Black did, yeah, not MTV. The got show it. was a hit, got and it. they just, you know, Big Black had a kid. They yeah. weren't getting along really yeah. well, and it just kind of ran its course, and so they stopped. Okay. So MTV started calling Rob and being like, we want you back on the air. We want, like, just give us anything. Yeah. Give us a show. Give us whatever makes sense for you. We'll we'll take it. Okay. And um, so that's when he started developing Fantasy Factory, and it just so happens Big Black's gone. I was the only one that you know people knew and that was still around. Yeah. So it was essentially him and I. You got bumped up to second place, bro. bro. It's I, your birthday. Oh man, I was like, here we go. There yeah. you go. Like, now, now you, went, like, you went from third, three's company to like, what's good, baby? Yes, to yes. right hand. Yeah. We're here. It was like here we go. Like I'm gonna get those Big Black checks. Like yeah. I watched what Big Black was making. Yeah, that's my money now. Yep. And like I was like, here we go. You knew Rob was eating. You're like, all right, let's You're go. Like, I might upgrade this Mercedes. Yeah, yeah there we I go. I might see if there's any deals on some Bentleys. <laughs> yeah. you know but uh, no, I, I was like, all right, man. And like I said, I didn't have time to realize that I was screwed. That came, thank God. And, uh, you know. What was it like? Was it like Rob hitting you? Like, yo, baby boy, are we starting up? Or, so we were like, still together a lot. Uh, we were still, you know, hanging out a lot. And, okay. and he was just like, yeah, MTV call and blah, blah, blah. And we went and I remember we were looking at buildings, trying to figure out what would be the fantasy factory. Okay. It was really pieced together. And, and I'm going to be honest, uh, he clarified this for me in my podcast with him, but like, they weren't sold on the idea of Fantasy Factory right away either. Okay. At first, they were like, this isn't going to work. Like, yeah. this idea is not going to work. And where it really came from was Robin Big. We spent so much time fucking around and just doing dumb shit with yeah. mini horses and racing yeah. turtles. And also and just like, the dynamic of these two polar, like, opposite kind yeah. of people yeah. coming together and creating this thing that just works. Yeah, but what mm-hmm. I'm getting at is, like, we weren't doing anything productive for our actual lives. Mm. So the cameras would go off at, like, 5 p.m., 6 p.m., and we're, like, racing. We're robbing them. are racing to get emails done and, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, how can I get actual work done? Yeah. yeah. So when Fantasy Factory came around, the idea was... Let's get this building, build offices in it, build it like Willy Wonka's fun zone. But we can actually do the episodes around real life work. So the show is working for us. Got it. 
Now that's an incredible positioning yeah. effort there. Hundred percent. But I could see how that leaves skeptics to being like, I don't know if this is gonna work. Yeah, and they were just like, I They're don't like, know. Good for you guys. Oh, yeah. a, a show about doing work. Yeah, yeah. that sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, eat that up there. Cool. Yeah. All right, Rob. Let's get to that office. <laughs> so, uh, so, so yeah, they were real hesitant, and he sold it. He's a hell of a salesman. And he got that building, and he way overextended on that building. That building was sketchy as shit for yeah. like where we were, yeah. uh, the size and the lease, and the he way overdid it. The buildings yeah. we were originally looking at were probably five thousand square foot. That one's twenty five thousand. <laughs> so he way overdid it, but sure enough, uh, MTV bought into it and gave it a shot, and, and it worked. Wild. Yeah. What was that? What was that time like for you? Because y'all had a hell of a run with the Fantasy Factory, no? Yeah, it was nuts, man. It was uh, like I said, I was like. This is finally it. Like, I'm finally number two. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, my little brother syndrome wants to figure out how to be number one. But I'm like, here it is, right? I'm yeah. number two. I'm you in the money. You knew you weren't losing this well, shot not, to, like, get to the check. Yeah, like, now yeah. I'm in the money. It's yeah. kind of like at a certain range. It's like, I don't know, like a contest, right? First, second, third is in the money. Fourth, you just missed it. Right? Yeah. Right, and right, I was right. fourth. Yeah. The whole damn time. Yeah. Got it. And now... Yeah, your boy got a bronze. Yeah, right. He walked up like, into the fantasy factory, kicked with those that sponsors. fucking helmet mm-hmm. all the way across the fucking room. Hundred percent. So, and not only that, but I don't work for him. Nice. So I'm like, this is dope. We just get to be friends. Like, my this is really did you, happening. Did you get decent money per episode? Like, how were you worked into that? I believe deal? the first season I got five thousand dollars per episode that I was on. Got it. So how they get you is um, they do when you're lower on the totem pole. Yeah, they give you per episode you're in. Instead of just like when I got later in the thing, like probably after season three, I negotiated to just be paid. If here's my rate per, sorry, per uh, per episode, it's that times 10. Yeah. That's what you pay me. Got it. When you first start out, it's like, well, we'll, we'll let it air. Okay. We'll see what you were in and we'll send you checks for the ones you were in. Got it. Because they'll cut you out if you weren't in yeah. enough. So anyway, I think it was 5,000 per episode that I was in, which to me was lottery win. Yeah. Um, but that's more so when... The idea for Young and Reckless came about. Mm. And more so for me, it was about not only am I going to make some decent money off of MTV, but now I'm I'm going to start a business and I'm going to be Got it. the guy. Why clothing? Clothing because, to be dead honest with you, because I had always had an interest in clothing, but at a low level in what I wore. And skateboarders are relatively like you're kind of in your like different uh, respective fashion genres, right? There's the rocker skaters and the hip hop skaters and the whatever. Yeah. So anyway, I was really into it and I paid attention to what I wore and I cared, but more so I saw the opportunity. I saw how much money Rob was making off of his sponsorships with DC and with those guys. Yeah. I saw the fact that when you're on a television show, you're a walking billboard. Yeah. And I saw how much money Big Black made. I watched Big Black open checks for $200,000, $300,000 off of clothing. And so really it was like, man, I I can do this and I can do what DC did and I can do what, you know, I can really create. The young mogul in you is just like shooting off. I'm like, I can use this to create something that lasts forever. Got it. And to create a real brand. You're an influencer now. I'm an influencer now. I got a couple Uh, tattoos. I'm the cool white dude. Yeah. Not many of us out there. Did you ever bring the braids back in that time? Never. Hell no. Long gone. It didn't take long long for me to realize that was a bad idea. Gotcha. I looked at a couple pictures and I'm like, oh shit. So anyway, so yeah, that was when I was like, man, I can really create something here. I can create a business here. This is, I'm in the money here. Got it. So I was thrilled. Okay. What was your first foray into that? Did you, did you did you take like the the influencer route like shit like well let me see if I can get a check from somebody yeah or were so you really like what you know happened? what I'm gonna start a fucking business yeah they're gonna be on let's go yep so here's what happened so on Robin Big it was I think the last season <clears throat> of Robin Big 
great story. I saw Big Black making all this money. I saw Rob making all this money from sponsors. I'm like, you know what? Third in line is still enough to make something. Mm, give me something. Give me something. And I went and I, you know what's funny is I actually had a deal with Echo. Okay. He would give you a deal. You know what I mean? Give me a damn deal. Yeah. And, but the deal was like, you have to go film skateboarding videos wearing our clothing and we'll give you a bunch of clothing and like 200 bucks every time you turn in a video, uh. every couple months. And I was like, I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> Made it. Got it. Your boy just got a deal. Echo. Yeah, like, <laughs> Echo, what's up? So, I, um, so whatever. So, obviously, that didn't last long, blah, blah, blah. I went to, and the funny story is now my business partner, your employer, 5-4 yep. Clothing, yep. D. Murthy. D. Murthy. I love D. The Murthy. The king, bro. I love D. Murthy. Yeah. I went to D. Murthy, season three of Robin Big, through a mutual friend. Didn't know him, but he owns a clothing line called 5-4. And I said, yo, guys, it's me, dude from Robin Big. Yeah, drama. Drama, duh, third guy, yeah. third in line, right? Yeah. Uh, give me 500 bucks a month, and I'll wear 5-4 on every episode, on every everything. I'll do whatever you want. They were like, no, nah, we don't do that. You were such a cool guy. I was like, what the fuck? You don't do that? Yeah. Like, I'm third in line. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you try this with other companies too? I did. I just don't really remember who. I remember okay. Echo's the one who bit for like the shitty $200 or whatever. Yeah, deal. yeah, yeah. But uh, I tried the 5-4 thing. I just remember it so vividly because now they're a part of my thing. But uh, but I went around to anyone I could find. And they were just like, eh. And everyone's just like, eh. Well, like, just not enough. Because I know how D is and like... Unless you know D, he could just be very off-putting to you. Yeah, and I don't remember like I don't remember that part too much because it was through Rob's manager who grew up with D. Got it. And so it wasn't. So I didn't. He there had wasn't a little bit of like, you know what? No, that doesn't sound like an idea. Yeah, I don't remember bit. like a meeting that was like once again like the Shark Tank moment. Got it. But um, but he yeah, he he, they were just like, no, we back, don't do that. Back behind those doors that you came blasting. Turn around, from. get back. Number yeah. three. So I don't know. I, I don't remember like a harsh moment. I just remember okay. them saying like, we don't really do that. Got it. I mean, and I remember being like, damn it, man, I'm just not in the money. So what's funny is when, so no deal, no money, no deal. No yeah. Deal. So what happened was when Fantasy Factory started, I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not going to go around again and try to raise money for myself. Yeah. I'm going to start my own. And because you're starting to see your platform now, like I'm starting you, to see like the possibility. Exposure. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I see Big Black doing it. Like, I'm just gonna start a little website and I'm gonna sell shirts. And to be dead honest with everyone, like at the time, the initial vision was like, I'm gonna sell some shirts and I, and I'm probably gonna make an extra five grand a month. Yeah, off my little like uh, shop, BigCartel.com account yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and I'll be great. Like that was, I'll be killing it. So anyway, that's where the initial idea came from. I went and explored it. I went and had some meetings. I ended up back with D at 5-4, and I uh, and they were like, "All right, we'll give it a shot." So when Why? you say when you say yeah. you ended when yeah. you say you ended up back there, like what was that process to get back there? I think that I went. Um, obviously, I went first to Rob. And okay. I said, yo, man, I, cause he helped Big Black out a lot with his clothing line. He didn't do oh. it for him or anything like that, but he did help him connect him to some people and, yeah. and help, you know, kind of steer him. Yeah. And um, so I went straight to Rob, obviously. And I'm like, hey, man, uh, Fantasy Factory, here we go. I'm going to start my line. How do I do it? <laughs> and, and he's like man get out of here like you don't and once again he wasn't being an asshole but he was busy as shit he was worried about a new show starting yeah he didn't believe he thought the name was stupid he was just like i don't it's just not my thing man like yeah. if you want to start a clothing line get out there and start yeah, a clothing he line. saw another causing drama at, at <laughs> yeah 100 percent. what are you, yeah. what are you on, doing and, and and he was like to be honest once again it was the tough love i think okay um as the cousin it was like no you go figure it out man yeah. you got this you're smart enough whatever yeah so I'm like, 
damn it. Like, yeah. Damn it, damn it, damn it. So I'm, once again, at that I'm time. I'm second in line, yeah, damn it. No, what the I'm fuck? You're kidding me like I'm number three still. <laughs> yes. So I go, so, so I'm devastated. Yeah. Again. Um, but once again, that's what forced me to go out and just take meetings with a lot of the same people. And that's what I think one of the first meetings with, was back with D. And the reason why, to answer your question, yeah. is like, I just had a little bit better sale. I had a little bit better like, hey, now I'm second. Like, we're about to start this new show. You saw how successful Robin Big was. Now I'm second. This show is about businesses. So we can tie in an episode about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a real opportunity. And for whatever reason, this, uh, you know, that was enough of a, of a sell to them. Got it. For them, for, for them to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's give it a shot. Um, thank God. So it was that, it was that hard sell that, that got it and, and got it. And then I remember, you know, uh, skipping to the point, I remember we started season one of fantasy factory and I didn't have the trademarks, uh, the logos. I didn't have any of that stuff done in time. And so we didn't do anything with it. I didn't wear it. I wore other people's clothing. I didn't have samples. I didn't have anything because you can't wear a show or a shirt on MTV that you don't have the trademark for. Wow. And so I was devastated again. Cause I was like, Who's man, fuck up was that? Mine. Okay. Because it was just like I didn't. I just didn't do just it in time. Yeah, just couldn't get it, I yeah. couldn't put the pieces together in time. Okay. And it was just you know when you're that age and you don't really know. It's like first of all you got to come up with the name, the concept, the logo. You got to find someone to do the logo because I don't graphic design. You got to figure out what the fuck a trademark is. Yeah. How to get that accomplished. Yeah. So it's a lot of shit, and, yeah. and I just didn't do and it, it in time. Money. It costs money. Yeah, and, and I didn't do it in time. And so season one came along and I didn't have the shit ready. And so sure enough, you can't wear it. You don't have samples. You did nothing. And I was devastated. Like, here's my opportunity. Uh, and I missed it. Mm. And as we all know, this show could do one season and never get picked up again. And th at that time, you're watching every single week. You're waiting for the ratings on Monday. Yeah. And you're hoping they don't cancel the show. And yeah. you're hoping whatever, whatever. You don't know if you're going to get picked up again. So I'm like, man, you, you blew it. Like you had a one shot. What was shot. that like for you, bro? It was just, uh, it was just hard on myself. Okay. Like I didn't, once again, didn't go home and cry and call my mom, but it was just like, man, what are you doing? Like yeah. you had one shot and you yeah. blew it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm still pumped. I'm still making my little five G's an episode. Yeah. I'm still like in my bends. Yeah. I'm still making beats, but I'm just like, ah, were you, you committed though during that season to be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna secure all this shit. If we end up going season two, Thousand I'm gonna percent. fuck y'all up. Okay, so, so that's you, what happened. So you're still still trying to. Still oh no, I was never defeated. I was like, you missed it, man. But if there's a season two, yeah, this you're shit is an email ready. Like, look, bro, stay with me here. We're turn gonna fucking it up. do it. Come on, yeah, hundred wow. percent. So I was like okay. getting everything ready for that season two uh, to really take off, okay. and and that's what God bless ended up happening. Was the show was well received. We go to season two. By that time, trademarks are set. We get our samples. I build my little office uh, with young and reckless logos everywhere. We're fucking off to the races. Word. So now you're on a show that's a hit again. You're number two. I think season two, I probably made $7,500 an episode. Ooh. And I got a brand. What's up? What the fuck like, is when, up? At what point do I meet P. Diddy? Yeah, what the fuck <laughs> is like, up? Because we're pretty much one you wanna, the same. You want to so, call Jeezy right now. Yeah, like Jeezy, me and you, yeah. equals. We're equals. Yeah. So I used to call look up Mr. to you. Call me Mr. Snowman, you dig? You know what I mean? How'd you come up with the name Young and Reckless? It was really this. It was that when I was growing up in Akron uh, in high school, the big brand was Famous Stars and Straps yep. uh, from Travis Barker, mm -hmm. which is funny because my first party was Famous Stars and Straps release yeah. party. So I used to see kids walk around with shirts on that said famous on them and kids really felt empowered 
or they really felt like they were special or they were famous because their shirt just said famous on it. <laughs> yeah. At the time, I was like, man, that's stupid. Yeah. But um, what it did is when it came time for me to start a brand, I was like, man, I really want to start a brand. Like I had seen, and not a knock on him, but I had seen Big Black make a clothing line called Big Black Clothing. And a lot of the shit on the shirts were quotes and stuff from the show yeah. and from episodes. And I saw the flaw in that. And yeah. I saw that, like, man, when the show goes off and when Big Black is off TV, Big Black, it's going to be kind of hard for a little white kid to walk around with a shirt that says Big Black on it. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I saw that happen. And then I saw the show go off and I saw the stuff kind of get hurt by that. Yeah. And so when it came my time, I'm like, man, I'm going to create some shit that lasts forever. I'm going to create some shit that makes people feel empowered no matter who you are. Yeah. I'm going to create some shit that really stands for something. And I, it was influenced by the famous thing. And I'm like, okay, young and reckless. I don't, at first, it just came to me. It just I, came to you. Yeah, the first name. At first, I was selling shirts that said Drama Beats on them okay. on eBay. Embarrassing. The little hustler you were. And, you know, I probably sold a total of like 100 shirts. Word. Uh, God bless those 100 people. And <laughs> God bless you. And then, then I was like, you know, I'm going to make it a brand. And the first name for the brand was Vanity. You're so cool. We'll let yeah. the crickets go yeah, ahead. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, anyone hear that? that. <laughs> so, I don't know about that. So, uh, so thank God vanity uh, didn't didn't happen. So then when sounds Fantasy like Factory came. Perfume. Oh, my God. It sounds like everything bad. <laughs> so, so when the Fantasy Factory came around, it was like, okay, you're going to the majors. Like, you really got to get this shit together. I knew vanity wasn't it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so Young and Reckless is what I settled on. And I'm like, man, Young and Reckless, you know, this will inspire kids to be like me and yeah. leave Akron, Ohio and take out your cornrows and just do it. Right. Yep. And, um, and, and that's what I landed on. Did you have to like, while thinking of that and going back, cause it just made me think about it when you mentioned uh, big black, did you think I have to find a way to disassociate drama, the character, the yep. person the, on the show from this brand? Five million percent. Yeah. I knew right away because so I also that was knew. in the forefront of your mind. Absolutely. And I had the awareness at that time. I never, ever, 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 ever wanted to be famous. I never had this dream of like, how can I be on more shows? How can I go host the VMAs? How can I go? Not that host the red carpet. Maybe. Uh, how can I go? I never wanted to do that. I wanted to be a businessman. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So it was like from the get go, like, okay, use this platform to launch this brand. But how as quickly as possible do you disassociate this brand from yourself as like merch? You know, I, I wanted to be known. I was okay with being known as the guy who created it. Yeah. But I didn't want to be like, you wear it because I wear it and you want to dress like me. I've never even thought of myself as being that like cool. But you kind of do a dance because it still is you. Yeah. 100%. And like, so how do you figure that out how to, authenticity. it's like you come up with a name that's different enough, but yep. it's like, how do you dance from influencing um, and, and finding your demographic yep. for that and building the brand? Cause it's not like, Hey, I'm going to make sure it's all of a sudden overnight. Everything's a great success. But all those thoughts have to happen yep. It was always a fight. The whole time it was a fight because I knew how badly I, I wanted that. And I never, to keep in mind, I never looked at myself as like the trendsetter guy. Like kids want to dress like me. So just be you, be cool and everyone will buy your shit. I never looked at myself as like a fashion guy. I never looked at myself like that. So I, but at the same time I knew that was my job to market it and to do it. So essentially I guess what I did, it was always a battle. But what I did is every single show, every photo shoot, I promoted the shit out of the brand. Yeah. 
on all my social media, on, on everything. But I just tried to make sure that I did an equal amount or more of marketing away from myself. Mm -hmm. Every time I do something, somebody else has to do something. Every time I, if I post, check out this shirt, I better have had five athletes, trendsetters, rappers have came to the office that day and them also posted, check out this shirt. You know, so it made me work twice as hard because now I had to beat myself. What was that like asking for that? Like, was it easy? Uh, no, I've never really been. I still have trouble with it. I have trouble now when I do my podcast asking people to post the interview or asking people to come be on the podcast. Yeah. There is an element of me that's, I'm just not that guy. Yeah. That's like, yo, where my shit? Where my shit? Shout me out. Shout me out. Come do this. Come like do this. I'm just not shameless promotion. Yeah, I'm just more like, you know, it, that probably doesn't show when you look at my social media. If you follow me over years, you're like, what are you talking about? You promote the shit out of yourself. Yeah. It's because I know what I'm doing. But yeah. but I've always uh, had a little bit. Of, it's been one of my weaknesses because some of the people like if you look at Puffy or if you look at the way Jimmy Iovine built beats yeah those guys will sit outside of a studio they were and, banging on heads knocking on and doors post the Ciroc yeah post the Ciroc did yeah. he will text you he'll text a guy like me and say yo you're gonna post that Ciroc I feel I'm like, you. Bro, how do you have this much time to worry about me? And yeah. he doesn't. He's just a machine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Jimmy Iveen will trace, chase Pharrell down the street. Like, when you get that text, you're like, oh, fuck, did he shot me that text? Like, yeah. I got to post it. One time I but, got. But you're not thinking about, like, he's he's not sitting there thinking, like, damn, I'm about to text drama and ass. He's like, bro, you posting it's that? It's a machine. And you're like, it's a machine. Of course I am. The other day I got a DM from him to repost a music video, and it probably <laughs> was not him. even him. Right, yeah, somebody, yeah. one of his assistants who knows yeah, what to do, yeah. knows to hit up everyone he knows. But he and I don't even know him like that. Just to clarify on the pod, I definitely do not know him like that. And he DM'd me to repost the music video, and guess what I did? You reposted. The I reposted music. the music video. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. I'm Chris, like, just in you, case you that's you him. Post that? yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to run into him somewhere. I'm be like, yo, what's good with that music video? I'm like, yo, I I didn't see it. So anyway, but those guys will do that. That's been a weakness of mine, but I do it okay. And I've always I made sure because I know that's a weakness. I've always had marketing guys. Yeah. I've always had guys that bring people in. It's a lot yeah. easier for me. If somebody brings an athlete in, it's easy for me to just be there and be like, oh, what's up, dude? Yeah. Then to say, yo, man, come through, come through. It's that little bit of dynamic. And yeah. I know I'm sounding a little bit like a pussy here, but it is. That's where that's my comfort zone. So I've always had good marketing guys around me that bring people in. And then once they get in there, I have a conversation and, yeah. you know, we're friends. Yeah. Well, and even on, I'll say even on like a personal level, I want to ask this question yep. is drama the character was kind of known as like, Oh, Rob's little kind of dweeby cousin, right? 100%. That was, that was, you own that though. You, you knew that was your lane yeah. consciously, like that's who you played. Yeah. That's not necessarily like putting myself in, in what I think would be those shoes. Yep. That's not necessarily the best way to get up behind a big inspirational youth inspiring brand that you're about to create. Yep. How did you, was that like, um, was that a barrier for you or is that a fear for you? Well, how did you deal with that like total paradox of bringing those two things, not even disassociating it from Robin Big, but your actual character as this not so like overly confident or just like this kind of quiet, no, yeah. dreamy cousin. Yeah. Like, and now you're going to launch what you want to be is a global brand. Yep. Here's the honest answer. I knew that and it was a huge barrier and a huge problem. Mm. And I knew it was a huge problem, uh, but it was my reality, right? It was, hey, you're given this opportunity. 
right? Yeah. You're, you're on a TV show. And even when we were filming the TV show, and I knew that I was coming across as Dweeby Cousin. Let me say a couple of things. Number one, it happened a little bit authentically because I was so out of my element. I was Those yeah. guys were all so much, whatever. And it was the brotherly Rob making fun of me. And it was that I saw that as my way in, right? Yeah. So if you have an option, Absolutely. are you going to be on the show and be the butt of the joke? Or are you going to be too cool and not be on the show? And by the way, it was actually never a negative thing for the no, viewer no, 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 perspective. No. I, yeah, yeah. And not, not, I don't, your question's great. What yeah. I'm saying is that was my option at that time. So I was like, you know what? Hell yeah, I'm on this show. I don't right. care. Most of the shit to me was funny. That was the problem. Most of the shit they would clear with me first, the big like embarrassing stuff. Yeah. yeah. They say, yo, we want to shave your head and take you to Vegas for your 21st birthday. Are you okay with that? And I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, like, really? That sucks. That's what you assholes damn it, came up funny. with? Yeah, but damn we it, We can't be funny. go to a strip club and wild the fuck out yeah. and I just be like this bodacious dude throwing 10 stacks. Like, yeah. I got to be the bald guy? Never. But you want to know what is I learned? Like, I got to be the bald fucker. I got to be the fucking bald guy. But I learned like, you know what? You're right. Like, it's not cool. It's not It's not cool to have a reality show and what your cousin turns 21. So you took him in a Bentley to make it rain on yeah. strippers in a young Jeezy yeah. video. It's not. That's not cool. That's not good TV. Yeah. So I watch. I, they would ask me that shit and I'd be like, damn it, man. But I'd be like, that's Fuck funny. It, it's yeah. funny. So absolutely. So did it. Uh, uh, did that great didn't care but i realized when i started the brand that that was going to be a little bit of a problem mm -hmm. because i'm not if if today i had i had young and reckless today and there was me my character on fantasy factory today i wouldn't go do a brand ambassador deal with me because i'm not the epitome of my brand yeah right and and so i knew it but the 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 answer to the question is this who was i to complain because it was my only shot so you can't go back and rewrite how you can't say, well, I want to be on the reality show again and get that amazing opportunity again, but I just wish my character would have been a little different. Yeah. You just can't. You only get one shot, and that's yeah. how mine came, and I, and I, and I had fun doing it. Um, it was just a real uh, barrier that I had to get over. And I was like, well, the way I get over that is, hey, I just be true to myself. right? Yeah. Just be who I yeah. am. Right? Yeah. I like to start the business. I like to have fun. I like to blah, blah, blah. Just do what you're doing. Then go do marketing with people who actually do represent that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And go market the brand like you're just marketing the brand. And it doesn't, it's not all about me anyway. So get over it. Right. But it was a hard thing. It was something that I just wish like, man, if I just could have not been, yeah. but it's just like, there's no point in worrying about it or complaining really. Cause you can't change it. So yeah, it, it was a huge thing, but there was nothing else I could do other than recognize that it was a problem. Okay. It was a weak spot and deal with it accordingly. Do more marketing outside Word. of me, change the perspective, you know, and that's even to this day, just to be clear, once again, sorry, to be clear, it's part of the reason for starting my podcast. Got it. Because I do want to show like I'm an entrepreneur. This is what I do. This is what I love. These are the people I'm attracted to, the conversations I love to have. Let me continue to show. And there are still people years after those shows were on the air that say, man, I had no idea this is the type of person you really were. Yeah. Or you have these comments. And that to me is like, yes, yes, got them. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, cool, cool. I'm still on that journey to show my true authentic self. Speaking of the person you were, this is, I feel like this is like the perfect apex for this scenario yeah. being brought up. And, and I want to get back to the, you know, the development of the clothing line, the relationships that you had with your partners and, and give that kind of scope. But, this is a beautiful segue because you're an introverted person. Yeah, by nature. Right? By nature. 
as much as you know, maybe in your room you were a fucking thug, and oh. you 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 were doing graffiti of ninety percent grind, ten percent fucking no sleep. I don't give a fuck. Bump blasting Jeezy, you know what I'm saying? Knowing damn well you're the king of your fucking castle, but like very comfortable in your castle by yourself, chilling. Hundred percent. Right. <laughs> so coming from <laughs> coming from Coventry, yep. You know what I mean. Coming from the pantry within Coventry, yep. You're thrown into LA, yep. Right. Your first few years, you're in. You get you, you get set up with your 300C. You know what I'm saying? You get set up with your poor man's Bentley that you're fucking blasting. You know, one day you get in that Bentley and you know your car looks damn good anyways. So fuck everybody else. You got your little apartment. You chilling. You thugging. You doing it. You're getting slave wages, which you're completely cool with because. You're busy most of the damn time anyways. You start getting into this into this role of you're on TV now. You may be like that that dude, but like you're still rubbing elbows with Rob's friends. You're meeting new people. You're going out to different clubs. You're meeting chickies that, you know, want to fuck with, you know, a reality star. Well, you're getting good. your taste of shit. You're still battling that like, because I, I, I always, we always have these conversations. You're still battling that like. Fuck, like, I'm not exactly, like, out here, like, fuck yeah, living a fucking life, like, let's fucking roll. But at the same time, you're a dude that loves your homies and, like, wants to show people a good time. And you're getting more money, more money, more money. You're also in this, like, TV world. Yeah. Where, like, you're battling with fuck. Like, I'm out here. I'm being seen. Like, I'm not going to be that boring-ass dude. But, like, okay, I'll hit the club. I don't really fucking like it, but shit, let's go. It's all on me. Yeah, it's yeah. me. So... My my question here is is how what was it like for you, knowing at your root being introverted, but also having to deal with the pressures of being a TV star, yeah, right, and also the pressure of having to like live up to the hype mm-hmm. of a certain lifestyle. Yeah. Like some cats have it in. Like Rob is just a fucking. Wild ass dude, yeah. bodacious personality. You put him any fuck. You put him in an elevator. He's asking you how your day was. Yeah. He's finding out about your kid. You know what I'm saying? You're telling him about your wife that just cheated on you, yeah. and to go check out the Facebook Live video. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, on the other hand, are just as cool of a dude, but yeah. you're in the elevator. You're you're fine with yourself. Oh, I'm looking down. Yeah, yeah, you're just waiting to get to the floor. Yeah. But what 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 was that like Hollywood life like? And what was it dealing with that? Because I feel like what a lot of people brush off about your story is they've already put you into the bin of like Rob gave him everything. This fucking guy had a TV show. This mm-hmm. dude had every mm-hmm. like how would you not succeed, bro? Mm-hmm. Thanks for fucking being here. Mm-hmm. Like good for you, asshole. Yeah. You had a fucking TV show. You have Rob Durdeck in your fucking corner. You you're like what? Yeah. Like uh, how fucking hard is your life? Yeah. But what people don't realize is like and one of the biggest like points of this of of the mama we made it, you know, pursuit in this podcast game is Really going through the human aspect of this shit. Mm-hmm. Because your persona is drama, right? You are Christopher. And you're Christopher every, every, like when the, sh- you're, you're, you're shooting the show, you're doing fucking eight to 10 episodes. It's not like every day you're doing a, a filming. No. Mo- the majority of your time, you're Christopher, mm-hmm. right? And being young and in that fast lane and that scene, like, 
you're you're naturally caught up. You're going to the hottest clubs. You're getting invited to the best parties. Yeah. You're fucking hobnobbing with like dope athletes and all these cats and like you gotta like be you, you got a cool personality but you gotta like fuck like am I cool enough mm-hmm. models are coming at you you're taking chickies back all these things what's what's that like though but like what's the okay. pressure like so, bro so let me and steer me if I get off I'm gonna steer the fuck out of you but to bro, me let's go. The- <laughs> do I pause that is that pause worthy? Yeah, I think if you're gonna steer the pause, fuck out of okay. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pause. <laughs> oh, man, that's a- I'm gonna guide this fucking ship. Let's leave it at that. There we go. There we go. Uh, so I'll give you like a. To me, it's almost two different questions, right? And, and I'll give you what I would say is I think, uh, and not to get too much like a therapy session here, but I think. It was a lot. It was so much coming from my childhood in Akron and that style of life and what's expected of you and who even gives a shit what you're doing, what what you're up to, what car you drive, to LA 0 to 60. You're right. I mean, being on TV and any level of fame is a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. What it does to the way you deal with people and to the way people deal with you is really crazy. People just do not deal with you the same way they do with normal people. Yeah. So your normal set of social skills, your basic set of social skills lacks. And for me, coming from Ohio, such a slow, small town, to L.A., but then having that weird social mutation yeah. of fame. Shout out to uh, You threw osmosis in this like bitch. That? I feel you. Like you. Like I respect that. Made it, made it weird. And I, and I do think that for... Did a, you find and, yourself asking, like, do you like me for me? Or am I just like... Uh, yeah, but fuck? not like... Not too emo. Not too like, okay. does anyone even really like me? Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was more so that I think this. I think... And this is where I'm at actually currently in my life, which is a great uh, reason, uh, point for for this question, is... I. <laughs> Turn off the phone, Nushi. <laughs> this motherfucker can't find can't find the silent on his damn phone. Just turn off the sound. Okay, so so I think this. I think that where I'm at in my life is is in a spot where I'm really learning a lot and and kind of looking back at it all. Okay, and that's why it's a good time for me to answer that question. Let's go. What it does is you go from small town where where kind of what's expected of you is so small. You come here, but then there's the fame element. Then there's the money element. Let me tell you this: when it comes to like hanger oners and party stuff and girls, it's insane being on TV. <sighs> but being on TV. And people knowing you have money, mm. it's multiply that by 20. Multiply right? what by 20? The just people wanting to be around you. People yeah. wanting to be in your mix. The invites to the parties. Girls. Uh, you know I me. Mean? Girls are smart. Yeah. They know. Girls, especially in L.A., they know the difference between a reality star oh, yeah. and a guy who's on a reality show that owns a really successful clothing line. You yeah. Know? You know what I'm saying? They know the difference. And it turns up when, when there's money involved. Right? Yeah. And so... I'll just say that, you know, there was a long period of time that it took for me to figure out who I was Mm. because I moved to L.A. shy little 18 year old. I was around Rob and all these strong personalities and these outgoing people and whatever these. I mean, Rob is built for this. Like you said, he is built. He'll turn any room on fire. Yeah. 
I'm not so much. But I found for a period of time, I tried to emulate what he was doing. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, shit, this is how he is. So this is how you are supposed to be. Mm. And I was trying to be more outgoing. I was trying to be the funny guy. And just my jokes weren't quite connecting. Yeah. Right? You know, like, it's just like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> they don't laugh at me like they laugh at Rob. But uh, and, and then you find yourself like, oh, well, I have money. And people know I have money. And I have to portray this like brand owner. So I want to. I got to have this car. And I got to have this jewelry. And I got to make sure everybody knows. And there was a phase of going out to clubs and shit. Nothing too severe i never got too severe into partying but you got to have a table you got to have bottles all of a sudden some other guy has sparklers the thought crosses your mind yeah. Do you have to have sparklers because are your that friends hitting you like yo bro like can you shoot me yeah because this is a dynamic because like but the point is this let me just say real quick get it you see the sparklers right this is so ignorant but i get it now yeah you're in a club you see the sparklers the saudi prince next to you is just going yeah, and off. you're like oh douchebag but the insecure piece of your brain yeah says well does it mean that my brand isn't as successful or mm. I'm not as successful. If I don't also, all these people are around and they're all expecting yeah. me to do this yeah. too. It's getting kind of dark over here at this table. It's getting a little dark. We could use some sparklers. Yeah. So it actually, you're thinking about your brand more than actually yourself. Yes, yeah, not myself. I, I don't really care about myself like that, but I am a reflection of my brand. So yeah. how well I do is how well my brand is doing. Yeah. So that's what made me do some of the, you know, do some things and, and show off a little bit in a, in a phase when not necessarily, because it, it was, I was reflecting my work. And my brand, and I had so much pride in my brand, have so much pride in my brand. So anyway, the, the, the answer is like, yeah, there were a lot of insecurities and there were a lot of like, how do you really find out how you fit into this whole shit when you throw the fame element on it and the money element on it and just the drive that at the end of the day, you don't even really give a fuck anyway because all you want to do is be successful. Mm. It took a while for me to be like, okay, this is you. This is you separate from Rob. This is you separate from your other friends. This is how you're successful. This is what makes you happy. Okay. Um, so that to me is like the answer to that one. The answer to the Rob thing and to the, uh, you know, people uh, saying, oh, it was so easy for him. Here's the thing. It used to drive me nuts. Yeah. Once again, it's an insecurity. It's an immature itty to yeah. me. Because who the fuck cares? And people would always tell me who cares. And I know who cares. But it drove me nuts. Yeah. Because all you want, you, you build this thing. You come out here, you grind. You're struggling. You have all these things yeah. that I had that where I thought I was... I was dead meat and then it worked and I had blah, blah, blah. You want all the credit in the world for it. Of course you do. You want everyone to tell you how great you are. And for people to like strip it from you like that and say, oh, well, you had it easier. It's because of Rob. I was devastated. And I think that also fueled some insecurities and stuff in me because I'm like, oh, I'm going to prove mm -hmm. yeah. how rich I oh, am. Really or I'm going to prove know? how hard I work. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. You know, and, and now I will say it doesn't bother me now at all. Got it. Because the difference is now I understand and I understand people a little bit better and I understand and for everyone out there listening because everyone deals with it mm -hmm. even people in their small town get hated on now on the internet yeah that's what the internet's for right yeah. it's on their Instagram there's pictures there's no identity you everyone talks about haters think of how much the word haters is said yeah because everyone has them yeah. but the simple fact is this everybody in life wants to be rich famous happy take care of their family uh, uh, successful, pretty, good-looking. One of those. Not yeah, all of them, but yeah, one of them. Yeah. Everybody does. And if you are listening to this podcast right now and you're honestly telling me that you don't want to be one of those things, you're lying and you need yeah. to come to grips with yourself. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, I would steer you the fuck away from wanting to be famous. If that... Yeah, 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 yeah. Do that. You know what I'm saying? But, Steer the fuck away. <laughs> if you so, want to be great at something and then happen to become famous because of it, yeah. great for, good but for so you. But so many kids want to just be famous, yeah. especially with like yeah. Kim Kardashian. But, uh, but so the point is this. Everyone wants to be great. Yeah. Everyone wants to have a quality of life at sure. some level. Yeah. 
The problem is, for some reason, the shit's fucking hard, right? I wish I was a little bit more buff. I really do. I don't want to be like buff guy, but I yeah. wish I was like 10 more pounds, a little bit, little bit beefier. Got it. Have you tried? Nope. Okay. But guess what I'm not going to do? Huh. I'm not going to shit on the guy that is. Yeah. And I'm not going to say, well, I, uh, Anoush, I didn't go to the gym today because like, well, I don't know. I had a long day yeah. and then like my cell phone wasn't working yeah. and then this thing happened. Naturally, that's your instinct is you make excuses yeah. because that makes you feel better. <coughs> and it's just the reality of how people work, right? It makes you feel better if you didn't go to the gym because yeah. something's wrong. It makes you feel better if that person's successful or this person. So it's just human nature, man. But what I would say is if you're one of those people, I can guarantee you that you will never see success. Mm. And that's not me sitting here saying, I'm successful. You want to talk shit on me? You're going to fail. It's me saying, honestly, if that's how you view the world. Yeah. Everyone has uh, their lucky thing. Everyone has their thing you can take away from them. Everyone has their whatever. If you search for that and search for the excuse in your own life of why you can't be successful, yeah. you will never be successful. You have to love life and look at everyone's success or body or beauty or whatever and look at how they got it and be happy for them and look at how that could play into your own life yeah and that's one thing that thank god i've always been when i saw rob's success and money and house in the hills i didn't hate on him or i didn't try to think you just of a wanted reason to find why. a way to emulate I to find a way to get it myself yeah yeah and so that's what i would say on that is it did drive me nuts and, and I feel bad for myself and I feel bad for I know a lot of people that it still drives nuts uh, not only like people that I know but just I know that that shit drives people crazy yeah um, and the internet has really made a lane for people to be heard that don't always need to be yeah. heard you know Everybody comments wants, now you gotta post a picture and everyone gets their comment yeah well, right. they don't need a comment right yeah so that's what I would say is for a while it did drive me nuts and I'd be lying if I said it didn't but that is really uh, the you know the peace got it now i it. it's just and it's taught me a lot about people got and it's taught it. me a lot about myself i've yeah. done it it's like there's the story about like when eminem was addicted to drugs and like uh, uh, about to die from overdosing he almost put out a diss song against little wayne because little wayne was crushing the world that's yeah. when little wayne was like on top of his game and it's bitterness and it's yeah. and he almost did it but he reeled himself back in he remembers he, he said like i thank god i didn't do that i was just bitter i was gonna start shit with this guy and he probably would have ripped me to shreds at that time yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I've done it too. I've had days when I'm down or moments when I'm down and I've, I've caught myself being like, man, fuck that guy or fuck whatever. That shit's stupid. He didn't work for that. It's just a poisonous way to think, yeah. you know? And if you find yourself doing it, you have to snap out of it. You yeah. know, it's the only way to, to be happy. Yeah, absolutely. Did bro. that get it all? We got it, baby. That, that was a short story long, Woo! my friend. You know what I'm saying? Woo! I want to go back to the clothing line. Yep. Um, we kind of danced over it, but like, what what was that like for you, building a brand, working with guys that knew what the fuck they were doing, right? Like, give me give me the timeline. Did it did it blow up? Did you have to really like like what 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 do you think the keys to success for that brand was? And let's kind of walk through the 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 growth of it because you know every 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 brand has its cycle. You guys have been what? What is it? Seven years now, Young and Reckless. Mm -hmm. Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. So I'm sure you've had. It obviously started off well. Yeah. Right. You guys have gone through your 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 stages where it's up, down, up, down. Like, take us through that journey for you. Take us through starting a business, having a platform, going with going with the ebbs and flows of 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 what that business entailed, and 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 keeping it relevant and, and the, 
the struggles and the, and, the, and the successes of that experience for yeah. you, which is which brings you to where we are here. But what was that? I'm over here hiccuping like a motherfucker right now. <laughs> what was that experience like for you? And what 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 were takeaways that you have that like really? Because so, I feel like it was during that time of fantasy factoring and starting this brand that really started to solidify your own comfort with your own executive within you, right? That mm-hmm. boss that you 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 really knew you could become and you always wanted to become, you're becoming. Mm-hmm. Like it's more tangible now. And it, and it started to become more tangible as it went and you were just afforded more opportunities that you're able to really capitalize on what you're starting to build. Yeah. So what was that experience like? Like how how was the development of Young and Reckless and yep. and how how did you re- how have you been able to keep it going? Yeah. So here's what I'll say. So we jumped right into it. It was jumping right into the right into the whatever. Water with sharks jumping right into the what's the word? Jumping right into the fucking yeah. fire pit. Yeah. Right into the fire. Yeah. Right into the fire, right? <laughs> so we jumped right into the fire. So what it was is like, <laughs> like I don't know. I know like what's the fucking word? So anyway, so you the belly of the beast. Bam. Bang. Edit that. Bar. Just just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so so here's what it was. It's like, you know, you go zero to 60 and you know the shit's about to be on TV also. So it's like, thank God for the opportunity. Uh, but the pressure was like, you, it's, you don't have seven years to figure it out yeah. before your big break. Yeah. You figure it out in six months. Yeah. And so essentially what happened was we created it all, conceptualized it. Took it. The big hustle was this. A lot of people ask me, well, how'd you get the money? How'd you get the, who, who invested the money? Did Rob invest the money? Who, where'd the money come from? There was no money needed in the beginning because what we did is we printed a, a, a box of samples, 20 samples, cost nothing, with the logos, with the original shit on it. That's what I wore on the show for the season two. Uh, then as soon as the episode, so we did an episode about me launching Young and Reckless because it was such a relevant sort of story mm-hmm. to the whole thing. Sure. Uh, and as soon as we finished that episode and they had it edited, we put it on DVD and D and I went down to PacSun, uh, which is, you know, at the time, six, seven hundred uh, uh, store mall retailer. Got it. And we said, Check out this episode. You already know Fantasy Factory is a hit because season one already. Oh, aired. y'all are so smart. Check with out it. this episode. This is about to be the next biggest clothing line in the world. Uh, you guys buy it. You buy it for all doors, all seven hundred doors. But and, and, and sorry, sorry, we'll give it to you exclusively mm. for six months. But the 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 deal is you have to buy it for all doors, seven hundred doors, and you have to buy it in time so that when this episode goes up. The clothing is in stores the next day. Oh shit! Nice. And so that's what we did. What so was that, what was that time gap that you mm, had? It was it was okay. It was a few months. Okay. So it was tight. Yeah. But it wasn't undoable. Okay. Um. So. So so that's what we did. We we they made an order and instantly we we printed that order and we drop shipped it to them and they paid the bill and there was never any investment needed. We were instantly profitable. Yeah. So we're off to the races, right? The shit is is just a. a so much fun like we're having so much fun the show is a success the brand is a success i remember you know the first check that came in and it was just like man this is incredible we're doing little photo shoots and blah 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 and it's just like holy shit man i mean i gotta be honest it was incredible at that time um i will say the first big sort of speed bump was the show had been off the air for a while 
Because I think we were deciding after whether season the, two. I think it no. I think it was like after maybe three or four. Okay. Because we're just cruising. It's building. It's building. It's building. So uh, you started, and it's literally zero to two hundred yeah, miles an and, hour. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, like it's not you know nearly what it is today at PacSun, but at the time. You, I sold it to 700 doors, and it was selling. Got it. it wasn't the biggest thing in the world, yeah. but shirts were selling, and they were happy. And I was like, here we go. Yeah. That's Great. all I needed. Yeah. So you had your customer. Yeah, and I'm just like, this shit worked. Man, we put the show on the air. The next day, you walk in the mall. The brand you just saw is at the mall. It's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But really then what happened was I think it was in between season three or four. Uh, I think we were deciding whether to do another season. <laughs> Or there was some sort of delay. What what year is this? Uh, it's it's got to be two thousand, like maybe eleven. Okay, maybe two thousand eleven, and the sales slowed down because the show had been off the air too long. Yeah, and that was my worst fucking nightmare. I feel you. What was that did like? You, did you did you at that time? Did you feel like oh shit, this is what happened with Big Black? Yeah, and I was just like, like that, that this. same fear that you initially had, like, mm. I got to disassociate, I got to do this, got to do this, yep. and then it just started showing in the numbers. Yep. It oh, was like, dude. when I started, I'm like, you know what to do, separate the shit, real clothing line, bing, bing, yeah. bing. Shit starts working, I did it. Real clothing line, Young and Reckless about to be a fucking phenomenon. Uh, like, we did it. Shows off the air for a while, sales slow down. I'm like, oh my God, Fuck. you're not it. You're not it. Like, you're yeah. not who you thought you were. Damn. You're not. Damn. Your idea was not good. Your idea was shit. Like, you're going to be Rob's assistant again. Oh, like, it's shit. fucking over, right? Yeah. Like, it was, it was bad. But, uh, but, um, but no, it was, that was the kick in the ass that we needed to really put the hammer down. Got and it. so, what happened was, once again, thank God. They did pick the show up or we decided to do it. Whatever happened, I forget. Show's back on the air. We kick into high gear, start doing all this extra marketing. That's, I think, what initiated the big campaign, the first campaign we did with Meek Mill. Uh, and because that was like, we need something big. Like yeah. it was right when Meek Mill was kind of bubbling and really yeah. about to drop, about to drop his first album. And, and we needed something dramatic. And so we did this whole photo shoot campaign with him and did all this shit, did a video for YouTube and whatever. And then the show came back on and, Bam, we're off to the races again. I will say, like, obviously keeping uh, a long story short, and we can get into it whenever you, wherever you want, but, like, from that point on, it's been relatively more fun than not. More good days than bad days. From you know the, what I'm saying? From, from, the, was, from, the, from the hit in that, like, That was the hit spell. when it was, like, fuck. So, like, it's over. I haven't had another day when I thought it is over. Okay. I've had bad days. Yeah. I've had days when I thought like, where are we going to do, man? Yeah, like, we got to work this out. But that was when like the whole thing is uh, not going to work. Since then, it's been a slow, you know, you go more and more marketing. Because you saw it leaving. Yeah. You set out not to do it and then you're like, oh my God, this could, what I never wanted to happen could be a reality. It's yeah. literally I'm happening. never going to back to this point again. Never. That's what it was. Never. You saw. It's just like, and you need that, man. You need those reminders. And you can't let those reminders be the end of you. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people do. You know, a lot of people get what, what could have been a reminder. And it's actually the death blow. I you feel know what I'm saying? the finish. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so that was it. That was the wake up call of like, yo, you were on the right track, but you're not there yet. And so we just put the hammer down and we did nonstop marketing and having people come through and thinking of campaigns and doing all the shit we could, as well as me going and doing in-store autograph signings and signing packages and doing anything I could yeah. to make sure that that never happened again. And thank God what then happened was we came to, I think it was like season 
uh, like five was supposed to be our last season, and there was another break. And in the break, still sales kind of stayed the same. Got it. Okay. And we're like, all right, we're good. Got yeah, it. We're good. Yeah, yeah. And then season six was supposed to be the last season. And there was like a year gap. Sorry, in between no that. Worries. There was like a year gap. Yeah. And sales grew. Ooh. And it was like, okay, we're Got good. It. Like yeah. just stare the course. Got now it. I think like, for instance, I think if, let's just say, Rob called me right now and he's like, yo, uh, we want to do an anniversary season, season eight. I think it would be bad for the brand. I do. I just think that my character on that show isn't perfect for the brand. There's only so many places you can tie it in. You know, I just think at this point, it's the opposite. I think that it it grew it, and and now it's time to go on. You don't have that crutch anymore. It's time to move on and do real-ass marketing and do real shit. And um, we just made it. We beat the... It was like the quicksand or the bridge falling behind you, and we, we made it, you know? But... But that was it. But it's been incredible. As a whole, it's been fucking did, incredible. Did you ever grow wary of the brand from the standpoint of like you just felt like you weren't as connected to it? Yeah. Were there ever those moments? You know what I'm saying? Did you ever get to the point where you're like, fuck, like, this is my product, but like, I'm not going to wear I, this? Here's the two ways. Yeah, I think that there was a phase when I sort of grew my my personal uh taste in clothing mm-hmm. sort of matured beyond what the brand was okay and there was probably in the last season there was moments when i was wearing a blank t-shirt yeah and i would go into the fancy factory to film and i would put on a loud fucking graphic screen print young and reckless shirt yeah and it. then when the show was over i would take it off i'd put on my blank gray shirt and i would drive home Got right it. it's actually a great defining moment not to cut you off but yeah. it's like the it's in my mind the defining moment of the disassociation between drama and yeah. the standalone now brand. Yeah. Like you do, don't have to be one and the same. Yep. Um, it, it's not necessarily what you wear anymore. It's not, it's like yeah. your brand, your thing that you built that it's its own beast. It has its own identity. hundred percent. And so that's, you know, so that started to happen and, and I was like, ah, whatever. Like that's the brand is doing well. The graphics are what people want. It's just not what I'm wearing, yeah. but I would still, uh, I would never get caught without one on, Got sure. it. you know? Um, so, and I've always been that way. So I, um, and then there was a moment I would say when, when like the show went off the air, when I noticed you know, that even when I did post a sale or a new drop, people didn't care as much about my post Got because it. I wasn't on TV anymore. Got it. So naturally, my fan base isn't as engaged. Yeah. And so that, I think, was a moment to me where not that I didn't like or was, was scared of, but it was just a moment that I noticed like, OK, man, like you don't have yeah. the same poll anymore. Yeah. So you really got to keep working. But you prepped for this. Like you knew that you didn't want it to be hinged on you. And it's what I always the wanted. brand didn't define you. It's what I always wanted. And. And and I made this point in your podcast, uh, my interview with you guys yeah. that, that I want to want to make again is like the brand. I am very realistic with myself and very clear on the fact that the brand is not me. Yeah, it's not wear what drama wears. Yeah, and it's not I want to dress like drama every day. Yeah. So as much as I still need to market it and do market it and put my heart and soul into it, and I love every product we make and we make it for a reason. Yeah. I'm one day I'm going to be forty years old. Yeah. And it's not going to be called old and reckless and be some <laughs> dockers and fucking <laughs> denim. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever. It's going to be young and reckless forever. It's going to be for the 16 to 24-year-old yeah. forever. Yeah. So whatever they're into, that's going to influence the brand. And yeah. where a lot of brands go wrong, especially these streetwear guys, 
is it's the owner and it's what the owner wants and what the owner wears. And naturally the owner grows up and, yeah. and gets older and his taste gets older and kids don't relate to it anymore. Yeah. And they refuse to make shit that they wouldn't wear because yeah. that's not cool. Yeah. And that's where you mess up. Got my it. goal, and, and I'm very clear about this, my goal is to make a worldwide, global, massive brand. Okay. That impacts millions and millions of people mm. and is very successful as a business not to have people want to dress like me okay so yeah those moments have happened but nothing negative nothing like where i woke up in the morning and i'm like oh i don't want to go to work today yeah or i don't like young and reckless yeah. anymore like what the fuck are we doing yeah you okay. know what i mean my perspective of it changes but i still to this day don't know what i would do tomorrow morning if i didn't have it on my plate got it you know what i mean got it so, yeah. so you you this is incredible. Yep. Stay close to that mic, Nushi. Let mic. me just say, everyone, when you listen to uh, Mama We Made It, I will take a, a note here that uh, Nush has a, a hard time staying close to the mic. So sometimes you're going to I'm fidgety. Go yeah, I'm fidgety. Tell me about the time. <laughs> yeah. So when you're on there on iTunes, drop a comment yeah. that says, Nushi, stay on get the fucking on the mic. mic. Yeah, so five stars. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't be a dick. But five stars. Don't Nushi, be a dick. get on the mic. Yep. <laughs> Hashtag. Nushi, get on the So we spoke about what you want for the brand now, right? Yep. It's been seven years. It's continuing to grow. You guys are doing incredible things. You've built a really like deep, entrenched relationship with, with popular culture. You guys do like incredible marketing, incredible videos. You guys have had a lot of the top, you know, I want to say personalities of today. Sure, tastemakers. But tastemakers before they even got on. Like yeah. you guys are really oh, good yeah, about yeah. catching motherfuckers early and just yeah. like thugging out. Yeah. Um, you're going through your life like one of the one of the big threads in your life has always been like wanting to do more and wanting to be fulfilled. Which which I'll bring us to where we are with your podcast. Yeah. Um, the reason why we're even doing this interview is to be able to give. Um, your listeners and your audience a real perspective on on this journey of yours yeah you know what i mean um so what 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 like what is this podcast to you short story long what do you want you know these listeners to get from it and like what do you what do you what are you reaching for? And when I say reaching for, I don't mean like there's a set answer, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But we all have a drive of, of what, you know, we kind of think we want from something. And naturally, those that are willing to take a chance and just go after something, um, get better at it and, and redefine and redefine and refine and refine and refine the original um, motive, if you will, or or reason for doing so. But what is this podcast giving you, and why? Why a podcast? Why? 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 Why put short story long out? Because like it's not a marketing thing for you. You know what I mean? You're not marketing your brand and doing running ads on on your podcast. And yeah. this is just another another way to, to to get out there and stay connected with Young and Reckless. I feel like this is a little more of a pursuit of like being able to really like get into the minds of people that you've looked up to or people yeah. that like you're very interested in there in their stories. So what, what is it, what is it doing for you? So here's what it is. I, let me say this, even to your previous point about the Rob stuff and about the whatever, uh, I do owe everything to Rob, mm. but I also, 
And it took me a little bit of growing up to kind of realize this. Word. I owe everything to Rob. I also owe everything to my parents. Yeah. My parents raised me incredibly well. They gave me a foundation that I wouldn't, right? Yeah. I owe everything to D. Murthy Word. from 5-4. I owe everything that I own and every experience I've had to probably 10 or 12 different people. Yeah. And that's just a fact. Yeah. Without those people, uh, it just wouldn't have happened. And I'll say that the the greatest gift that Rob and that D and that a lot of these people gave me is they just showed me that it is possible mm. and what it truly takes to make it happen. And that's a gift that you can't read in a book no. and you can't go to college for and you can't anything. You either learn it, you have it, or you just don't or you're not willing to do it. Yeah. And so I think that that's such an incredible gift and it's something that I've realized as I've gotten older how incredible that was for me was just to see. And especially if you want to, if you're sitting in Ohio right now and you want to start a clothing line, you want to be an entrepreneur, there is no school to go to. No. There's no book to read. There's no nothing. No. If you want to be a rapper, if you want to be an athlete, right? Now, uh, that's why, really why I started the podcast is a combination of the fact that I realized that those were my greatest gifts. So I can kill two birds with one stone. I can not only do my duty to give that gift to other people by letting them hear the stories that they would have never had access to hear. Mm. Like even the pod that I did with my cousin, with Rob, no kid would have ever heard that conversation. Those are the conversations we have all the time. Exactly. But no kid would have ever got to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. You just wouldn't. You'd read some shitty interview where he was kind of being political and didn't quite, they didn't know how to get to the answer. Just work hard, man. Just work hard. Follow That's no, what everyone says. Follow yeah. your dreams. Yeah. So, so I wanted to do that. And also I wanted to be selfish. I wanted to force myself. I am an introvert. I wanted to force myself to have more of those conversations. Because now if I have a podcast, and if I have a podcast that's getting hundreds of thousands of listens, I can ha anyone will have a conversation with me right yeah i can talk to anyone on earth yeah because they'll want to be on my podcast and i can have that conversation with anyone so it's that that's why i start, started it and as i got older i started to kind of i had my own identity crisis am i rob am i this person am i a rapper what am i this is what i am i'm a kid from akron ohio mm. that had nothing and had no education and had no real idea exactly what he wanted out of life except for a lot yeah um and I moved to L.A. and I took the risk and I went through these things and I started a business. And I'm an entrepreneur. And so I can't focus on trying to be like, oh, I'm a clothing designer. And listen yeah. to me be a clothing, listen to me be a rapper, listen to me be. Yeah. I, I need to tell that story of being an entrepreneur as much as possible. And, and the more that I've gotten older and I've honed in on who I am and yeah. my uh, joy and where I find happiness, the more that I'm able to soak it in and the more I'm able to give it out. And lastly, I have seen... A lot of misery. I've seen, you know, my family, uh, my direct family, my mom and dad are incredible people, happy as can be. Awesome. Yeah. A lot of my family, and I'm sorry if any of my family listens to this, and a lot of the friends I grew up with aren't happy. Yeah. And a lot of the friends I grew up with were addicted to drugs, and I had friends die from overdoses growing up. It's and, fucking wild. And, and even bigger than that, you see the stuff, the violence going on in Chicago and the heroin epidemic in Ohio. Now, I'm not saying I am Mother Teresa or I have the keys to happiness. Yeah. But what I am saying is I believe that such a massive reason for a lot of that suffering and a lot of that unhappiness is a lack of purpose and a lack of leadership, and a lack of guidance. And so I just think, I saw what happened to me. Had I not moved to L.A., had I not had that one instinct, had I not had Rob to call, yeah, 
I could have very well just been in Ohio fucking popping Vicodins all day, pushing yeah. a lawnmower around, and I would have been miserable. Had you not seen what the possibility was? Not seen what the possibility. Had I not had that instinct, really I attribute it to that instinct of mine that latched on to rap quotes, pasted them all over my wall, and wanted to go get it by any means. Yeah. But I think some people need a little Shout bit of a Shout out to your nudge. brother too, though, bro. Because yeah. like, always, the, 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 the beauty about like what I look back on in, 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 your, in the start of your path yeah. is, is how the little brother syndrome really shaped your Tenacity. Yeah, yeah. And I will tell you, anyone listening, man, if you're an older brother, if you don't have siblings, if you don't have any hunger in you yeah, that wants to just kill anything in your path to be successful, find it. Yeah, Find someone that you can latch on to. Because what happened was when I moved to LA, I then did it to Rob. And there were times when I stupidly almost resented Rob because I was competing with him so hard. Yeah. And he's way ahead of me. He's older than me. He's smart as fuck. And now I'm okay with saying that. <coughs> yeah. But there was a time when if you would have asked me that, I would have been like, no, not really. I mean, I'm shit. I'm pretty much right, right on him. Pretty much the <laughs> same dude. Pretty much makes the same amount of money. Not yeah. even close. Yeah. But I, it was just that competitive part of me. But you got to learn to manage that. Don't let it make you bitter. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that person or that thing that's driving you, you have to find it. And you have to find that part in you that's like, I'm go i will i will kill anything in my path to get what i want and I, that was naturally in me from being little brother that was naturally in me from loving rap um and so as much as i can tell these stories and have have kids or have younger people be like oh shit i didn't i didn't realize so and so went through that much shit yeah. to get where they went what i went through is nothing all right yeah. still i can do this too and what i was just telling what i was just saying is even now to this day there's a lot of times, the majority of these podcasts that I do, I sit and talk with people and on my ride home, yeah, I feel inspired. I feel juiced up. I feel like, man, because you just it's need cathartic, to know. bro. It oh, is, yeah. and you need to know that other people are going through it. Yeah. You know, you, no matter what it is, no matter if you have cancer, yeah. sorry to be so deep, but you yeah. have to know that other people are dealing with yes. it. That yeah. makes you feel better. So when you can sit and you can hear everyone's failures and everyone's times when they didn't know what the fuck they were doing or know which way was up or know who was going to be their friend, you're like, man, okay, my shit's not that bad. Yeah. And I can guarantee you that every person that's great, that's successful, that's an Olympic athlete, that's whatever, is just a person. Yes. You can do it too. You just got to find your thing. Yeah. So that's what it is, man. It's me honing in on who I am as a person, what mm. message I'm trying to spread, and, and how can I give some of what I've benefited on and the lessons I've learned. I was given great gifts with that stuff. How can I spread that and give that to other people? Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the thing. And it's just now getting, it's growing and it's growing slowly, but surely, but I am getting kids writing me saying, man, that one really got me. Or I was really inspired by that one. Or the kid wrote me the other day and said, when I'm having a bad day and you know, whatever, whatever, I, I just, I turn off the lights and I turn on short story long, that's that's light a couple candles. But he's like, you know, it just reminds me that life is, it's not that bad. I'm Nobody's not that story is the same, man. Yeah. That's the beauty. But the only thing that's the same is everybody went through some shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That is the same. Yeah. You won't catch me interviewing a trust fund baby. Yeah. I have no business. I don't even care. No. There's nothing to learn there. No. But anyone who has self-made on any level has been through some shit. And and it's easy to sit back and look, especially in the days of now with Instagram, with everyone's life looks so perfect. So fucking perfect. You have a bad day and you're like, man, LeBron never had to deal with this. Mark Zuckerberg never had to deal with this. And like, they did. Yeah, they did. Of course they did. So that's what it is. But it's fun, man. I mean, what about, let me, let me turn the tables a second. Okay. What about you guys? Because we are all very similar. Yeah. And we're all kind of in the pursuit of that 
you know, that, that, that hunt, but you guys do an incredible job at like honing in on the personal aspect of people and how people were feeling. And that's why I wanted you guys to interview me for this Love. because you do that yeah, so well. But what was your like, you know, motivation for starting it? I mean, you want me to go? Take a new sheet. Um, it's crazy because like the beauty of like hearing these stories and, and, and even like just like being in this moment of you telling this fucking gorgeous ass story is that everything that has happened to us in life up until wherever we are, like for us it's this point right now, has built us for this present moment and to go into the future, right? Yep. I was a kid that moved around a lot. I was always a funny fat kid. You know what I'm saying? Chubbalicious as shit. Mm -hmm. Another AIM name that I had was Large Lover 1987. I'll say Holy that. Like, what the fuck was I oh, thinking? Man. But I was always a new kid. And then getting into music and like, you know, having these conversations with, with all these different artists, like a, a concept that I was always like drawn towards is that behind every smile, there's a story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like the more and more, especially when I was in music and, 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 and was fortunate enough to like be, become close and friends with these artists who were, you know, in different stages of success in their journeys. And, and even now to be able to like, at, like I always was so fucking curious, bro, that I was like, like I, I'd ask questions that like pierced the surface. Yep. It's hard to do that. Right. Yeah. But there's such a beauty in being able to just be open and honest with somebody, man. Like and and hearing what for for me, what inspired me so much, hearing the 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 reality of these cats' lives and just the the the, the purity of the human aspect of it was so intriguing for me that I'd always go back home or I'd always like be in the studio drifting off and be like, bro, what the fuck? Like, what if your fans heard this? Yeah. Or like, what if that kid that looks up shame. to you had the opportunity to hear this? Because I'm also going from concert to concert. Yeah, these artists are like signing autographs and fucking like being at the merch table and having like a really surface level. Oh, like a kid's pouring their heart out. Like, I fucking love you, man. Like, you got me through this time. Or, or even like on the deep yeah. shit, like you saved me from yeah. kid committing suicide. Yeah. And like all an artist can really give you is like, oh man, that means the world to me. And they're yeah. considered like, oh man, like he connected with yeah, me. Superman but what if, me. what if you were able to look at that kid and be like, bro, like come here, give me a fucking hug. Yeah. Like I almost killed myself too. Yeah. And it was at this point in my life. Yeah. Or like, I look, dude, like you, you, you lost this person. Like you lost your closest friend. Like I've been there, yeah. bro. You didn't hear it in the song. You heard it from me and I'm talking to you. So like from my big, like, and, and a point where it really resonated with me was when I hit rock bottom in my life. Yeah. Because. Which was when? Which was literally two, three months before I started at five, four. Yeah. Because I was in the music game, everybody was like, I was really good at what I did. Everybody was always coming to me for advice, and I was the kid that like was was giving that good advice and was was able to really take myself out of the emotional aspect of situations and really plot things out and have the ability to to navigate the turmoil of like egos and emotions and all that shit. Yep. But was struggling financially. Was like questioning myself if music I'd made the right choice and all these different things. And like was also questioning 
it was also just trying to fucking keep the the image that everybody else saw of me as like, yo, Anush is the problem solver. Mm-hmm. He's this. He's the dude that's always happy. There's always got the smile and the energy and all this shit. Yep. When inside, I'm like dying and crying and yeah. fucking like, I don't know if anybody likes me and yeah. I don't know if I'm fake or not. And like, I have to upkeep this image that I think everybody else sees when in reality, like nobody has time to fucking like really focus on you like mm-hmm. that. And when I hit rock bottom, like financially everything and I can't bounce back the moment that I was like I went on a tear Mm -hmm. because you start to realize that even like some friends that you consider close to you you don't really know them like that yeah you know what I'm saying like even cats that you may meet or just have a mutual respect for and like build a relationship like you don't know intimate details not to say like your secrets but you don't know their stories yeah. like that yeah like just like even when we're having this podcast i didn't know about the fucking the the, the skateboard accident there's so many <laughs> yeah. pieces which is so beautiful for me there's so many pieces that i didn't know about but like you hear it and you're like holy fuck yeah 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 right yeah so for me when when especially i started to realize that like you know when I was able to really like bring people in and be like, yo, dude, look, like we've known each other for fucking five years. Yeah. We always say what's up. We always like dap each other. We know what's cool, but like I'd love to hear your story, bro. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to know like what your journey was. And then when they get together with me, they have this perception of this new she guy. But then I tell them like, bro, like I hit rock bottom like fucking <clears throat> this this long ago. I was like questioning all this shit. They're looking at me thinking like of X thing, but I'm giving them all of me. Yeah. And, and everyone has it. And then yeah. what I saw from that is once I gave that out, they gave it back. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, holy fuck. And like for, for us in this podcast, like, you know, Joe came to me and, and it, I was, I've always been like super fucking introvertedly extroverted. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. for me, it was like, damn, like me and Joe connected because when I was working with his band, we were just able to get to that level yep. and to be able to talk through like the band's fights and like what we're going through and all these types of things. So I think the biggest thing is like I wanted just like just like on your podcast, I really wanted to showcase the human aspect of this journey. I really wanted to show people a side of those who came on here that was as pure and as unfiltered as possible yeah. so that whoever listens to this knows that everybody goes through something. Yeah. Everybody has a unique story and everybody goes through fucking brilliant times and shit times. Yeah. But we're all humans, man. Yeah. That's what got me. That's what I'll say this. One of the biggest moments that I noticed happened is when you're growing up in in Ohio in any any small town, whatever, you're just born and raised with the thought that those people are different. Yeah. The successful people, the famous people, the artists, the whatever. Yeah. They're just different. And for me, when I moved here and thank God I was given access and I was around people, it was the moment of realizing that everyone's just people. 
Yeah. yeah. And everyone had went through some shit too. And nobody's Superman. Nobody's different than you. And you can be, it's like finding out Santa Claus isn't real. That might be devastating. But the great part is you can be Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> you know totally. what I'm saying? Like, I can totally. be Santa Claus now. Totally. Are you shitting me? For real. And so it was like, man, that was such a gift because my natural competitive attitude was like, well, shit, if that person can do it, then I just got to find out exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Or like, how did they it's do It's possible. That? Yeah, it's yeah. possible. And so it's just that it's possible. Yeah. And so as much as, you know, for both of us is what it sounds like is like we can uh, let people hear that yeah. You know, and be like, damn it, they're a person too. You know, it yeah. could really make an impact on people. Absolutely. Yeah. Rashi, what you? No, I mean, it, it's, it's you know, everything new she said, it, it's it's so right. I mean, for me, I wanted to give the journey value. Yeah. You know, mm. um, there's no, I just don't believe there's like an end goal. Like, yeah, mama, we made it. Those moments can be such a variable of things. They can be a material thing. They can be a reward thing. Or they can just be the moment where you like just found yourself in like, yeah. maybe it was the second you decided to get out of rock bottom. Yeah. It all depends, you know, but the point being is that I, I don't like the idea of waiting to be happy until you get to that goal Yeah, because you're going to live a very long time unhappy. And this isn't me like trying to preach or anything. Yeah. I just like, I dealt with that because I I've had the mentality of like, until I make this amount of money and have this status and get to this place in my life, I'm successful and that's what is going to make me happy. Yeah, I did that for a long time. Yeah. And it's just like, no, fuck that. Like the happiness comes in the journey and all like the little successes that make up that point that you get to yeah. and, and right. those failures and those hard times and all that. And, that. and the beauty is in that. And I think the journey, what happens before that, whatever you want to call success happens, um, I think is equally, if not more important. Yeah. So whether you have $5 in your pocket and taking that first step towards your goal versus maybe the day you attained that goal monetarily, I think those are equal and the $5 in your pocket day should not be diminished. You know, it should be valued the same. So go ahead. Well, let me just say this. One thing that I've learned is the destination is never there. Never. It doesn't exist. Never. Because the same thing that made me want to make $5,000 an episode of television is the same thing that today makes me feel like I just want to make a hundred million dollars. Yeah. It sounds ridiculous to say to kids, you know, listening to this that, that are, that don't have that or, but, but it's true. Yeah. It's the same thing. You're just never satisfied. So unless you learn, and as I got older, I learned and I, and I, and I realized that like there were moments from the Chrysler 300 and the 500 bucks that I missed. <laughs> I was I like, man, that you. shit was so dope. Yeah. It was yeah. so much fun then. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you just got to realize like that destination never really comes. Well, I've never met anyone who has said, yeah, I made it. Yeah, no, no, I made it. Yeah. I'm here. I'm happy. No, this yeah. is it. Yeah, this, this is, is it. This, this is, is it. it. Never. And like yeah, I said on your podcast, if I have, yeah. they're fucking weird yoga <laughs> yeah. weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and that is yeah. not the destination I want to get to. Yeah. And, and you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're fucking weird. And like, they're like, yeah, everything's happy, bro. It's just like, stop it. Look no, into the crystallized yourself. energy of your soul. Yeah, like, we, let's do the downward facing dog. <laughs> You know, the whole part of this, too, is that like it changes, you know, like I wanted to be like my aspiration from my entire life was to be this fucking like rock star musician. Uh, If you knew me six years ago, you'd see a dude probably with his shirt off, long fucking hair and headbanging, you know? Yeah. Um, This dude was like fucking 
Jesus reincarnated, but like the badass version. And it's not like, and I don't think you need to um, be one person or another. Like when, when, you know, I think everyone has different sides of them. You can have the business professional side. You could have the wild beast side, the party side, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, That evolves and changes. And that's all part of the journey. But it's like, um, and I don't also believe that you need to have necessarily like a tangible passion mm-hmm. i think uh, you, you hear from a lot of people and i'm a victim of this myself like my passion is being a musician mm-hmm. right music's my passion so unless i have a career in music i'm not going to be happy i just think that's bullshit mm-hmm. you know um because so, there's a lot of people that are like shit i don't really have a passion i don't even have a fucking hobby yeah um mm. so does that mean like i have to stick at my nine to five job that i don't like just because i don't have or know or realize what that thing I'm yeah. going to. Yeah. And the point is that it changes. It's whatever you want to do, whatever you aspire to do at that moment. And you might be doing something for a really long time yep. and do something completely different yep. in another direction that makes you equally, if not more happy. Um, but I think that's where the beauty is in the journey. So for our podcast, those are the things we wanted to bring out in people yeah. um, and humanize that process and be like, look, none of this is fucking linear at all this is just a giant mess that you have to pivot a lot you gotta fucking roll with the punches Mm -hmm. and um just keep getting back up you know and that's what i've learned i because i you know from my story you can tell like i never had a definitive passion mine was skateboarding yeah but what i always tell and even even for you with music it's like what i always tell people is like the real happiness lies in progress now if you can have a passion and also make progress and also get rich then God bless you. Yeah. yeah. Right? Athletes. Yeah. Right? Let's say. Like sure. If you can play basketball and make $100 million, yeah. then fucking you won the lottery. Yeah. Right? But they don't all have to go hand in hand. It's not one or no. nothing. Yeah, and exactly. half the basketball players are still like, fuck. Like, I yeah. don't, every, everybody's fulfilled and unfulfilled in different degrees. Man. But here's the thing, too, that I always say is like, if you, okay, you, you let me compare. You let me follow opportunity, chase opportunity, uh, become successful. And I still have a long way to go, yeah. right? And, and a lot of money to make and a lot of things to accomplish. But if you could give me an option of have $100 million and a fucking mansion in Beverly Hills with a skate park in the back that I can just go fuck around and chase and have my passion whenever I want or to be a professional skateboarder, there's not a question of which one of those things I'd choose. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and I guess what I'm saying is like the same way with you. It's like if you could if you could be wildly successful in another field and then have the craziest fucking band set up and just fuck around, yeah. that's incredible happiness as well. And I think where a lot of kids go wrong is they grow up like, you know what, I'm going to be an athlete or I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be this or that. And the moment that gets shot down or hits a little bit of roadblock, life is over. Yeah. Yeah, You don't have to ever stop your passion like, or or whatever you want to do at all. Like even if you're not a quote unquote professional making money or living your paying your bills from it. Um, And uh, again, none of this is meant to be like preachy. It's just, this is like my personal evolution. It's cool. Um, We've all been trying to figure that out. But I just found that I'm more happy enjoying trying to enjoy the day, even like if it's a shitty day or like, you know, you have those challenges. Um, It just relieves like a lot more pressure than being like, 
all right, five more years, I'm going to be at that point. Yeah. So I'm just going to fucking be miserable. And it's rock star or nothing. That's how you it, crush it, yeah. yourself. Yeah. You have a bad yeah. day and it's like, yeah. I'm not a fucking rock star. Yeah. Like, I'm Every miserable. day play Russian roulette with yeah. yourself. Yes. You're and bound you're to be shoot miserable yourself. Yeah. Every day until you're a rock star. And guess what? You're going to become a rock star. And a year later, you're going to be miserable again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. how it works. It's like you got to find the happiness somewhere else. But um, I guess to get a little bit less deep, you know, uh, how have you have you been enjoying it? The podcast Fuck process. Yeah. So so. Fun. I was scared shit. Let me like. <laughs> I was scared shitless of it. I'll tell you like, this. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, cu- I'm cutting you off. Cut yeah. me off. I hit up a. You better stay on the motherfucking mic though. <laughs> <laughs> I hit up a noosh, and I was like, we we just had like we we would always have these fucking five hour conversations. Um, every time we linked up, just about everything, you know. I hit him. We had one of those, and I hit him up the next morning. I was like, "Yo, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Yeah, I want you to do it with me. What do you think?" Oh, so you initiated it? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Wow, you damn right. He it did. was always something I had in my mind. I, I, I mind, mind you, I've been getting told for the last like six years. Yeah, you're built for this. That like, yo, bro, have you ever done radio? You have a radio voice, or has anybody told you you sound like this? Or, yeah. damn, bro, do you do voiceovers? And I'd always be like, like people see me and I'm just so fucking boisterous and out there. But, like, at the same time, the insecurity in me is like, fuck, like, yeah, yeah I don't well, know. Well, that's, that's where, where it came because I, I listened to podcasts and I was like, I would in, probably enjoy doing that. But Anoush kind of brought it out of me because I was like, there's a vibe here that, that him and I, I think, share yep. yeah. along with, like, values in, in how we live our life. Um and and so doing that, this dude, I hit him up, doesn't get back to me. No text. I call him. Doesn't. He's nervous. I saw it three seconds after he sent yeah, that text. Yeah, he was nervous message. as shit. Like what? A what cast? I was like, oh. And for me, I, like, I, I didn't put pressure on it or anything. I'm like, it's a fucking podcast. Like, mind you, I let days go by. Yeah. And then you days responded. Go no. Never responded. He called me. I had my response ready. You answered? He, he, yeah. And did you try to dodge it? No. I just said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. He's like, what's good? Talk and then how me. long until you did the first one? Then it was on. From it was that, on. It how was long on. ago was that? Like a month ago? This was... Two months ago. Yeah, a couple months Three ago. Three months yeah, ago. Yeah, a couple months yeah. ago. And how many do you have done right now? In the can, we have 14. 14. And you went live yesterday. Yeah. When this airs. Yeah. Why'd you... Uh, why'd you... Why'd you wait so long and save up so many? To be honest, like we saved up so many just so that once we started, like we'd never stop, right? Yeah, just keep the consistency. Um, it was cool because when we started, like we were reaching out like crazy and like we've gotten such an incredible response. Like I can't wait for, for cats to hear the episodes that we have. What's your favorite episode? I hate this answer. And mine's like, obviously excluded. Yeah, they're, they're all good for different reasons. Like I, lo- I love, I loved your episode. No, it mine's was, it was, it was fluid as shit. Don't but do that to me. You know what's crazy? Um, I'll be really honest. My favorite episode is the one right after yours, Nolan. Nolan, you super told me that duper one was Nolan. Good. I gotta get Nolan on mine. I fucking love his episode. He's so fucking engaged. There's so much like, and we have. Such he's, a he's history. Such, he's man. such a great dude, too. Great dude. Yeah, I got it. Former pizza boy. Like, it, it went from delivering pizzas to delivering dreams. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Well put. But his was long as shit, too. Three hours? Three hours. Yeah. 2.45. How long are we right now? 2.40. We're at 2.43. Woo! Yeah. Wow. We're wild. setting a record. Yeah. 
but like it was so awesome and like this is the thing when we started we had this thing of like just the journey and this that and the other and you guys are going to hear it when you hear our podcast the 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 evolution like when we do it when we throw episodes in um is that it, we we were never once we started we were never scared yeah right it was never like oh man like we got to be ready before we come out yeah. it's just the way things fell the website this that and the other we just want to be prepared for it um and i'm just super excited man like we have incredible guests lined up that are coming up to to be on the podcast um we have some really special episodes that give I people can't some wait. names that, that that you already have recorded so we have uh mike ross yeah mike ross street the fighter street champion. fighter fucking don dada yeah. is on twitch now like gamer extraordinaire his story is incredible um the fisticuffs who are five-time grammy nominated producers that developed Janae Aiko and Miguel yep. um, did an incredible single with Usher and Yuna called Crush. These dudes are like incredible. Their story is fucking awesome. Like you look at these two, they're polar opposites yep. and they're just fucking incredible. They're meant for each other. Yeah. So um, we have Gavin, my boy that uh, started JBC in youth and now he's YG's creative director. Yep. Um, we have my boy Kyle who was... You know, iBanker went on to do be the 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 VP of Machine Shop, uh, Lincoln Park's whole branding arm, um, and he just actually took a job at Viacom as the head of their innovation lab. Wow. Um, we got David Dan and Azad Wright of Mind of a Genius Records. Those are my two babies. I can't wait to hear that one. Yeah, those are incredible. Yeah. You know, I road managed them. I I saw the artist Diva and all of them, and now. They're they're building a label and management company yeah, empire that, that has like the hottest artists in the game. Yeah, um, and it's been it's been King Thurs, King Thurs. It's it's been really dope because I've been getting hit up by people like, bro, like I need to get on this podcast. Yeah, and it's been amazing for me <clears throat> to see the reaction of all the guests when they finish. Yeah, that happens to me too. It's, it's fucking wild. Yeah. It's like a yeah. drug, it's like bro. Therapy. Because <laughs> that's a good way. Because to put it. I, yeah. I, 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 there's been some times where, like, beforehand, I'm like, damn, like, we got it, we got to get it right, we got to get it right, and I'm just like, all right, like, let's. I hope he's not. I, I could tell if you're gonna be fake with me and be like, oh, that was cool, bro. Like, fuck you. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, like, yeah. Leave, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, never do hope, that again. <laughs> hope this never comes out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but I just deleted your phone number. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, bro. Thanks. Send it to me. Yep. Fucking, uh, why'd I come shit. here? Yeah. No, but it's been wild because like cats are leaving here like, whoo, or just like, bro, yeah. fuck, I did that. Yeah. Well, like you mentioned, yeah. you feel energized. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that is just like sharing in, in these worlds, you know, like, cause yeah. every, we, everyone goes through kind of the same things in different ways. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like, it's, it's inspiring at the same time. It's comforting at the same time. It's just like talking about this shit just gets it out and released and you realize you just kind of don't talk about your journey yep you know in yep. full like in and a yeah, moment you gotta pat yourself on the back from time to time yes. yeah for you sure know, like i even find and this is so weird but sometimes like i'll be kind of just bummed out and this sounds so fucking douchey but sometimes i'll watch old episodes Really? Yeah, and it really not only just remind because it's to me it's Look like how having, far we've come. Yeah, and to me it's like having a really really well produced home video. Got it. Of fucking around with your friends. Yeah, but you watch it, and not only do you see like your younger self, 
in action, you mm-hmm. know, but you also remember how what you were feeling at the time yeah. because you remember what was really going on and you look at and you just look at how much fun you had. And like, it's just important. You know, they say that gratitude is like one of the most important things to make sure you you, you practice, yeah. you know, and it just gives and me. And it's hard. It's hard. It's hard as shit. It's easy to say that and understand yeah. the concept. It's hard to believe it. Yeah. It's hard to act on that. But lesson bro. learned is like I would I would encourage everyone to like take a moment and go through old photos, go through whatever the fuck you have yeah. and just like look at like how cool shit is and how far you've came and how cool the journey was. Because even like these guys are saying, like even the biggest people entertainers managers whatever uh they do that and they're like shit that's yeah. cool and you know they they leave energized yeah um uh, and it's dope man I, I yeah it's a cool thing this is this has been incredible bro. yeah so 14 in uh every tuesday every tuesday uh go, go ahead give any drops or where to find or you know all that stuff so hit them up nushi shit so you're gonna find us on mama we made it.com Mama, we made it. Is spelled M A M A. We made it. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I don't got to spell, spell that. You need to yeah, you figure need something to else out before. Do something. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, same. Twitter, same. Uh, Facebook, Facebook.com backslash Mama, we made it. Yep. Um, hit us up, man. Let Maybe us know what you Subscribe to the episode. Yeah. Five stars. Yeah. Drop a hashtag. New she get on Give the mic. Give us love, man. Yeah. And, and And you know what? Drama, thank you so much for allowing us yeah, man. to interview you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could have had anybody come on, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? But it's it's been incredible. Um, you know, we've actually learned so much more from you in this yeah. in this in this episode. I'm really excited for people to to hear this and, and your your audience to be able to really get this side of you. Yep. And I and I'm and I'm excited for them to hear you know the the beauty the beauties of the differences in between you know our episodes and like but this is something really special i'm glad you did it for your audience yeah for them to be able to get your story yeah yeah you guys Um, are good at it man you have a gift the way you do it is really really good obviously i've done quite a bit of interviews and podcasts and done things but i knew that you know when the request started popping up like i said it's my last instinct is to have my own interview on my own podcast it's pretty vain yeah uh shout out to vanity Vanity clothing but uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but uh, I knew that when those requests started coming in, and it just started, ha- it just so happened that you guys were about to launch your podcast. I knew yeah. that that would be a perfect combination. Yeah. Yeah, but you guys do a good job, man. I mean, I don't, I, I've never, uh, I've never had like the storytelling sort of abilities Fuck like yeah, I have you with you guys. You know, no, you make it easy, man. Don't make me hop Thank back you, on, yeah. hop back on that saddle. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pause. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we did it. Yeah, Collab yeah, yeah. episode, takeover uh, episode, hijack. Yeah, we made it. Mama, we made it. Yeah. Short story long. Love Straight you, up. Thank I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait till y'all see the artwork that we did with drama. Oh, oh we got that yeah. video. We got you on some yeah. Shit, I saw it. Yeah. I love it. Just lit. Man. Okay, man. We did it. Uh, Let's thank go. you guys to everyone who stuck it out for this three hours. You're fucking champions and you you're guys want to win. Thank you. And guys. the only reason you're lasting as long is because you want to win. You did. So guess what? We're going to go. You get out there and win. Let's fucking go. Mama, we made it. And this is a short story that was fucking long. Let's go. Let's get it. Yes, sir.